Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Good morning, Vietnam! You are great. I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. My calculations are correct. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious... You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. Classic movies, 30 years in the making. Welcome to the 30-something movie podcast. Welcome. 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 Hello. Hello. How are you? We're all fine here now. (laughs) We're all fine here now. (laughs) How are you? Uh, that, I gotta say, I we're just gonna jump right on into it here. Um, solo trailer? Yeah. I don't think we've talked about the solo trailer. No. No. Since the last time we recorded. Awesome. That is probably my favorite part of that whole trailer, yeah. is at the end. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, I thought we were in trouble there for a second, but we're fine. <laughs> we're all fine. We're all fine. And then everybody's like, oh! <laughs> yeah, I know. Get ready. I thought we were in trouble there for a second, but it's fine. We're fine. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun. I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. Yes. Somehow my somehow my father has missed all mention that this movie exists. Oh, awesome. Whoa. So he saw the trailer. Memorial tra- Day surprise. So he saw the trailer and he's like, says, texting, what in the, is this? I'm like, well... They're making another movie. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, don't, I didn't know how to answer the question. Like, well, you, should just you saw me. a trailer for a movie. Like, I, I'm not sure how to answer yeah. the what the well, heck no, is you, this question. You tell him like, it's yeah. it's like what they did with the Crocodile Dundee oh. movie. Which, by the way, him, was hysterical. And just tell him it's a commercial for Corellian tourism. <laughs> and, and see if he gets it. Yeah. See, I'm not that quick on my feet. Okay. I, I, I need to be. Well, that would have been good. Only one of the three of us in this room is quick on their feet. So <laughs> It's true. I think that the Han Solo movie looks outstanding. Yes. Do you? <laughs> I just can't wait for more. What did I say? Like, I, for episode nine, nine I, or eight or whatever, what are your predictions? Which I reject one? the question. I just yes. want to see more Millennium Falcon chases. Mm-hmm. I think that You're could get quite potentially. Now, oh, yeah. you know, Jeff We're brought up. need a pilot. That's mm-hmm. right. Jeff brought up an interesting point. He said, you know, what happens if, you know, the Millennium Falcon is something that, you know, they're trying to capture that. That's like their first, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, smuggling mission or whatever. And so that's novel. Like, what happens if the whole movie doesn't... Like, it's only at the end do you get the Millennium Falcon and all that. Only at the end do you understand. Yeah. I'm hoping for the scene... I'm hoping they keep the canon that he wins the Millennium Falcon in a poker... In a mm-hmm, sab- mm-hmm. Sabak, sabak yeah, game, yeah, however you pronounce whatever it. Whatever you call it. And I want the movie to end with the Kessel Run. I want to see a castle. Mm-hmm. That could that should be the end. There was, there was some speculation that, that the end is he and Chewie landing on uh, Tatooine. Oh, that would be good. But, but is I, that too bonk bonk on the head? And well, is that too? Does that hem you in too much? Does that I now think it say because I want him done this? Right. You you can't fill in this gap right. with something else I, down the road. I want him to be younger in yeah. this movie. Like I don't want it to go right up yeah. to episode four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like it because then if, and that would be just like a slap in the face to all the people that are like, this movie's going to suck, <laughs> yeah. is if this movie does well and they're like, well, hey, our Han Solo is only like 20, 20 yeah. 25-ish years old. 
we got 10 more years until episode uh, four is supposed to come out or Rogue One or whatever we want to tie this into. So we can do two or three more movies here and, and that'd be, I, that would be totally fine with me. Movie number two could be The Kessel Run. Mm-hmm. Just That's going to be the name of the movie, mm-hmm. The Kessel Run. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. That'd be fine that's good, too. Yeah. And they could do, oh, oh. Okay. And they could mess with time like they did in Dunkirk. And then you like your movie is broken up into individual parsecs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> movie, movie has 12 segments that's to it. That's outstanding. That's, that's good. That's outstanding. That's it starts good. with 14 segments, but he shaves off two at the end. I'm just excited with the, with the where they're hitting the switches on the phone. Oh, quick little thing. The, no, um, the, there's a quick scene where Lando and Lando's robot friend, apparently this robot, I was reading some stuff on this robot, uh, one of the first, not the first, but one of the first female robots mm-hmm. in Star Wars, and apparently she is not owned by anyone. She is like a, a self-repairing, self-adapting robot oh, droid, so yeah. she, like most other droids, they belong to somebody. And Lando seems to have a thing, thing for on. augmented... Or alternative people. Remember the mm-hmm. Lobot guy? Well, yeah. see, that was my thing. Before I found out that this was a female yeah. droid, I was like, you know what? I bet that's Lobot before he made a few uh, adjustments himself. Mm-hmm. And maybe it is. Maybe Lobot starts this way and he decides that uh, he wants to be a he and, hey, it's... 20- okay, that would be pandering. It's 2018. Can we all agree that it's, would be pandering? It's, it's a bit of 2018, so... Yeah, you know, yeah but that would be fine. pandering. But anyway. <laughs> this, I mean, the quick I'm shot. not saying you're wrong. Oh, I know. I'm saying that would be pandering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is it a galaxy too far away? Ooh, mm. maybe. So the quick scene, quick shot, the two of them, yeah, the, a quick shot of the two of them like doing this little salute yeah. that they do before they like they kick the engines in gear or whatever it is when they're sitting next to each other. That little salute they do, I'm looking at it, it's like that little two or three finger salute, whatever it is, same one that uh, when Lando yeah. is, is yeah. leaving in Return of the Jedi, he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, good luck. Good luck. Yep. I'll bring her back. She she won't get a scratch. Won't I got scratch. your word now. <laughs> right? Not a scratch. Which, and I heard, I was listening to one of the other Star Wars podcasts, and, and they mentioned that, but then they also mentioned, wouldn't it be hilarious if this is Lando's ship? Like, it's his ship, and you see that scene where it's all pristine mm-hmm. and white and, and just beautiful, and so then you get that comment in, uh, was it Empire Strikes Back, where he walks up and he looks at it, and maybe this is the first time he's seen it since the Solo movie would have taken place, and his comment, what have you done to my ship? Because mm-hmm. then you look at the interior and it's all like crusty and brown and not True. pristine and white anymore, and I can imagine Lando being a very classy guy, mm-hmm. taking one look at the junk pile that Han Solo has turned his ship into, and he's like, dude, what did you do to my ship? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think this movie's going to be fun. I can be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Certainly, um, definitely. Let's see. I'm going to run through a couple things really, really fast, and then we can get on into talking about our movies here. Uh, did anybody hear about the... So I'm going to, like, a couple minutes for each of these. Uh, anybody hear about the Michael Bay um, going to direct the Lobo movie for DC? <sighs> How do you feel about Michael Bay? Let's just take it that direction. He's doing such a fantastic job on everything else. <laughs> it's going to be wonderful. <laughs> I want Michael Bay to direct an original script not based on source material Mm -hmm. from something else. Like, because he has... You want him to work for his money? (laughs) Well, there's that. He has a a vision. We may not agree with it. We may not like it. He obviously has a style and a vision of what he wants to do. 
And unfortunately, he's taking source material that people are quite connected to and ruining it. So he needs to find something original that he mm-hmm. can adapt to his own vision and, because and he's ruin that. ruining everything else. Mm-hmm. I recently rewatched the Transformer series, and it just reminded me how he just ruined. Things. I think I gave up after the first two movies. I love the first movie. I yeah. really. Oh, the first movie taken, I thought was. Fun. I was taken yeah. by the first movie and just thought, well, well, I wish they could have shown a little more. I wish. I think it was cool, and it was an update, and it was exciting, which was cool for all of us. But if you actually go back, and you're like, but why? Yeah. Yeah. You didn't have to do it that way. No. You could and have shown it, the action. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. You know, I agree. and I... My biggest, yeah. issue, my biggest issue with those movies is I, that everything is too... Mm, how do I say this? The Transformers are too complex. Yes. Like, I... It I, doesn't I, actually work like that. Right. I, but, I, <laughs> but in the fight scenes, like... And I feel like I'm pretty good at paying attention... But I would always get lost on, okay, wait a minute, who punched who just now? And which, they're, they're like yeah. rolling on buildings and like, well, I can't tell the difference between where one begins and the other ends. And, and that is how and he it, wanted it. Right. <laughs> so, so there is that. My suggestion, I thought, who would be a great, are you guys familiar with the character of Lobo mm. from the comics at all? Or? I know of his existence. Okay. That's kind of a... He's kind of like kind an inter, of... intergalactic mercenary. Mm. Kind of like a bounty hunter kind of guy. Um, he's, I'm trying to think of a... DC's answer to the Guardians of the Galaxy. That's a what I was going to say. A little, a I little, think of him as a not funny Peter Quill, but yeah, a little bit of a, um, a little more rough around the edges. Um, I'm trying to think of a another character that's maybe a little bit more well known. That I don't know, maybe like a maybe like a Rocket Raccoon if Rocket was meaner and killed more people and was taller and less raccoony. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe something like that. I mean, he rides around like a space motorcycle, and he, you know, he doesn't have any aversion to causing people pain when he needs to catch them and haul them in for money and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. um, so, my I, my thought, the first thing I saw when Michael Bay was going to do this is, as my thought was, just the aesthetic of it. I would almost rather have somebody like a George Miller do it. You know, the Mad Max, mm-hmm. Fury Road. I mean, that kind of the whole idea of the vehicles and the just kind of the desolate. Yeah, you know the, the costumes and all that other stuff, and um, I don't know. I just feel like that look and feel would maybe fit that character a little bit better. But yeah, yeah I don't know. Right. Um, Joaquin Phoenix wants to play the Joker. They apparently are talking about the possibility of a Joker origin story movie, which I kind of feel like we already have with Twice? Jack, Jack Nicholson. Uh, Did they do it with Heath Ledger? No, they didn't really talk about how he got those scars. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so but they're talking about doing that, and apparently Joaquin Phoenix wants to play Joker. Well, okay. I mean, I I think now the Joker has <laughs> Pat's, be- Pat's just making faces. So. The Joker's become that role now because of what some people have done with it. Now everyone wants to. I want my shot at the Joker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I I hate to say this because I know I'm sitting here with some uh, some DC guys, but I'm, I'm just kind of like, yawn. Mm-hmm. I, I just I, I want to move on to somebody do hard, something different. It's hard to get excited about it. I, yeah, even for me, like, and I love Batman and everything in that universe mm-hmm. specifically of DC. I love it, but man, is it getting tough? But there's a lot of other stuff out there to do. Yeah, and and I think we've done it. We've done so much Batman and so mm-hmm. much Batman recent. Like, right. 
I shouldn't say. Well, relatively recent. And then you've got Marvel, who is going to like, I don't necessarily want to call Black Panther a second-tier character, but he's kind of a second-tier mm-hmm. character. You know, just like Iron Man was a second-tier character until they made a movie about him, and now well, it's the biggest I mean, thing that ever happened to him. Yeah. Marvel. I mean, um, Robert Downey Jr. helped a little bit with that, right. I think, maybe. I mean, Iron Man was, you know, not that I've always been a huge Marvel fan, but I... Well, you're dead. If, if you told me, like, hey, go pick five Marvel comics you want, and I'll buy them for you for free, Iron Man would not have been... Oh, one I don't of the ones know, that I would pick up. Mm-hmm. No, you know what? I I like. I don't love Iron Man as much as I love Tony Stark. I should clarify. Okay, All right. I like Tony Stark for the same reason I like Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. It's something about the non-superpowered superhero. Like mm-hmm. it's all not all, but mostly technology based. It's mm-hmm. all yeah, it's futuristic magic technology, mm-hmm. but it's not. The rays of a yellow sun. It's right. not yeah. some soup. You know, I didn't get bit by a radioactive spider. Yeah. The, the the line from what the line from Justice League. Mm-hmm. What's your superpower? I'm rich. I'm rich. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. There That's cool. Yeah. I'm down yeah. with that. Yeah. You know. It's cool. Um, Do you guys ever watch the Benji movies? Yep. Benji movie is coming to Netflix. Oh, new Benji oh, really? movie. Yeah. New, wait, new? New like Benji Netflix movie. original. Movie? I, my understanding is a new Benji movie. Huh. So cool. haven't, haven't seen a Benji movie in years. I know. I was gonna say so it's growing up. I gotta and show that to my kids. I know. Oh That's yeah. There was, there was two two or three years ago. I for some reason I randomly thought of Benji, mm-hmm. and I forget what the name of the movie was. Maybe it's for the love of Benji. Mm-hmm. Um, they made more of those than I realized. Oh yeah, there's yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and it was the one where he he's like living in an abandoned house and there's like all these scenes like every time he goes up into the house like he's you know climbing down all the you know the the rafters and then down the staircase and he pops out at one point outside in a hole in the wall outside the house and then climbs down a wall and did it and then he has to come back up in the house and he ends up with like a little girl girlfriend dog and mm, he's bringing her I food like little yeah. like mm-hmm. yogurt cups or something pudding cups and I don't remember the name of the movie, but that was we watched that one over and over and over again as kids. And I found it at the library a, a few years ago and showed it to my kids, and they, I mean, they loved it too. Cool. Um, so yeah, I don't know anything else about it. I just that's fun. I was looking at some stuff earlier today, and that popped up and yeah. said there's a Benji movie coming to Netflix. Speaking um, of Netflix, did anyone pull the trigger on Cloverfield over the weekend? That was my next thing oh, on the me. list. So look at you. That's part of the paradox. Is you asked the question before I asked the question, and there's the paradox. Which that is, I've already answered, but you got to wait till next week to hear correct. the answer. I <laughs> I have answered. I have answered last. No, <laughs> I have answered next week, but it will be recorded. Last week. Ooh. I can't wait till next week to hear what you just said. When will yeah. then be now? When will then be now? Soon. Is that a Bill Murray from Ghostbusters 2? And here's from Night, Night with the ESP or the ESP vision <laughs> yeah. saying, and he just pulled his hand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, so Cloverfield Paradox. You didn't see it? Not yet. It's, you, you don't know. I, mm, I mean, that's what I'm hearing. If you're asking whether or not you should go see it, Do you enjoy being whacked in the head with a hammer? Well, no, not particularly. No, not particularly. Okay. I would almost recommend that. Okay. Oh, we're going to see Clover. Yeah, I have not heard good things. Because. Like, after the big reveal of the Super Bowl, right, things right. were high. Now, if this was any other, like, stupid sci-fi movie, mm-hmm. like, fairly low budget. I don't want to call this one low budget, but, I mean, there were some of the effects seemed a little low budget. Um if it was any other stupid sci-fi movie that just was its own thing and was not named Cloverfield and not supposed to be attached to the rest of that, I, I, I'd be fine with just saying, eh, it's just one of those. 
You sure. Know? It's one of those that's in the dregs of you know Netflix. Go go look for it. It's it's when you decide to scroll more than like five times down the page mm-hmm. to to go see you know the junk that's at the bottom of the pile. Um, the fact that they decided to attach the name Cloverfield to it makes me angry because I like the first two Cloverfields and I was excited about this one. These are movies. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Have you, you, so you haven't seen the original Cloverfields. Clover, okay. uh, so ten Cloverfield, Cloverfield Lane is the s- Ten Cloverfield Lane was the second one. Second one, mm-hmm. right. Okay. So I'm going to try not to spoil, in fact, I'll try not to spoil too much for you, but first Cloverfield is almost like a Godzilla movie. Okay. Like the idea was it was a found footage movie like almost all of it if not all of it is done off of uh, like camcorders. If they did it today Uh they'd use iPhones. Right. That would be the shtick. Okay. Okay. Um, And so it's like but like a Godzilla movie like you know these this guy is, you know, he's with his friends partying in, I think, New York City or wherever it is. Sounds right. And uh, he's about to move to Japan for work and whatever. And and all of a sudden, in the middle of this party that they're having, like, crazy stuff starts happening in the city. And there's explosions. And this monster shows up and, you know, starts wreaking havoc. And you're seeing it all from street level with, you know, somebody's camcorder that they were recording at the party. Um, that's the first movie. second movie is called Ten Cloverfield Lane. And they did little to no advertising. Yeah, it was for that one. And that I was, missed it. And that was kind of the deal with the first one too. They didn't put a name on the movie when they put out the trailer. It was and I forget what movie it was in front of. Transformers. It was Transformers. Which is why yeah. I saw only reason I saw the trailer was yeah. because And they put the trailer and it was like this monster movie but they didn't tell you the name of the movie so people were like, "Oh, well that's interesting. I'm now intrigued." It was, it was like an attempt at, at Guerrilla marketing yeah. before that it was, was a it thing. was viral marketing before mm-hmm. there was viral marketing yeah um, and so with Ten Cloverfield Lane same thing they called it Ten Cloverfield Lane and everything they showed you in the previews was like these people living in an underground bunker and you're like well wait a minute why are they in an underground bunker is it related to the monster in the first movie and without spoiling a whole lot I'm just gonna say it's not necessarily related to the first movie that you. You find out it's got a bit of a different take on it. Does Cloverfield have some sort of significance? Well, that's that's where we come to in this one. So this movie has, I guess, been in development for several years, and it was originally titled The God Particle, mm-hmm. and it was not a Cloverfield movie up until a little while ago. And apparently, either J.J. Abrams or... This is what I've read from online, and so hopefully most of it's right. J.J. Um, Abrams, I don't know if he somehow... The internet told you it must be right. It must be right. Abraham Lincoln Skyped with me and told me exactly. it was all true mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. he was killing vampires. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, well, he cannot tell a lie. He didn't mm. chop down that apple tree. Um, it was no. a cherry tree. No, it wasn't. It was an apple tree. It was. Okay. An apple tree in the middle of an Apple store when he was buying his new iPhone. Was go. it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no. no. <laughs> I don't know if that rings any bells at all, but that was like the poster. Okay. For which one? The original. Oh, yeah, the original. Something yeah, yeah, yeah. found us. Yeah, and it was the, the whole and that was the a, whole headless Statue of Liberty was like the and thing. And that was, that was that kind was of a cool, that was too, kind of like a cool scene because... Well, like like the, trail, the first trailer well, would have just head, been the head The head of the Statue of Liberty yeah. comes crashing into the streets of New York, and you're like, mm-hmm. whoa! So, yeah, but 10 Cloverfield Lane, good movie. It's okay. a good movie. John Goodman. Cloverfield um, was a good movie. Cloverfield, Cloverfield was a good one. Ten Cloverfield Lane was a good one. So then this one, you, you kind of hear that one. it's... Okay. You kind of hear that this one's in production, but apparently what I've read now is this was not a Cloverfield movie until somehow J.J. Abrams or somebody um, 
got word of it and was like, hey, I can see some ways I could tie this into my Cloverfield. I'd like to take your movie, and I'd like to make your movie a Cloverfield movie. And so apparently what happened was they took a movie that was already pretty much made and they said, you know what, I, this is great. You can pretty much keep everything the way that you got it, but we're going to intersperse the people that are on this space station with scenes of what's happening down on Earth. And so you can kind of tell that things were edited or spliced together so that they could take stuff that was kind of already there and they've just got a lot of it's unnecessary exposition. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you've got moments in it where you see, like, the, the, the premise is there's an Earth, there's an energy crisis on Earth, and so they've got this space station, and it's got a particle accelerator, and they're going to try to if they can fire up this particle, which it's never a good idea. But is it can, unlicensed and strapped to someone's back? These are the things. No, not this must one. Know. Not this one. But eventually. Oh, okay, good. I, I love that plan, too. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Why should any of us be um, nervous? We're all carrying an unlicensed, untested nuclear accelerator on our backs. <laughs> Switch me on. That's a big Twinkie. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so this one, uh, there you go. Um, so, yeah, so this one is they need to fire up the particle accelerator, keep it stable, and then that will supply infinite energy to the world, and then that's fine. Um, so, but things are very tense down on Earth, and like you've got lines of people waiting to fill up the gas. And sure. Electricity's going out left and right all the time. Countries are going to go to war with each other over all this. Dogs and cats living together. Dogs and cats living yeah. together. Mass hysteria. Uh, mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. And so, um, the you you get these scenes on Earth of where, and this is where the writing is just bad in this. Um, the character, the acting is actually not too bad. Acting is fine. Characters are fine. The script is horrible. Because you'll have these scenes of you see these people in long lines, you you might even hear somebody on the radio say something about an energy crisis, and so you get the idea. But then they'll have two people sitting in a car, and and one of the guys is like, "Well, you know, in the last three years since we've had an energy crisis here on Earth, and Russia and Germany have been at war with each other," and I'm like, "You just showed me all that. Yeah. You don't need to tell me. Yeah. I, I got it. Yeah. I'm not stupid. Yeah. You you don't have to repeat that in dialogue for me." And that happens several times uh, in the movie. And it just, there are bits and pieces. The part of this movie that was meant to be scary, because part of it is kind of a horror movie, um, the parts that were meant to be scary, they did better with something like Event Horizon. So if you want to go see a movie that's on some kind of a spaceship or space station and things are going wonky, um, and you're messing with like parallel dimensions right. and stuff like that, and you want to be scared, go watch Event Horizon because it's a much, much better movie. It yeah. still terrifies me to this day. Mm -hmm. But then the idea, and again, I don't want to spoil anything for anybody who hasn't seen it yet, if they're still wanting to, you know, if they hate themselves. Switch off now, switch off yeah, now. If, you're, if, you're, if you loathe yourself back. enough that you want to go watch it, then, then feel free, but I'm going to say a couple things here real quick. Um, at the end of this movie, you get a sense that the events of this movie have somehow caused the two movies that came before it. Okay. Because uh, something kind of, there's uh, there's some like there's some like uh, to quote the good doctor there's some uh, wibbly wobbly timey wimey stuff going on <laughs> and um, you know multiple Earths and mo all kinds of other crazy okay. stuff and okay. and the name of the station is Cloverfield and so and actually uh -huh. Uh -huh, there you go. <laughs> Okay. And so you also get the sense there was a, if you looked like back before they put 
Easter eggs in movies. If you looked in the original Cloverfield, there was a scene where something came falling out of the sky and like uh-huh. landing in the ocean somewhere. And if you didn't, if you weren't really watching, you'd miss it. I think I had to watch it two or three times to see it. And so, at the end of this movie, there's an escape pod that has been shot out from this space station, and you get the idea that this that might have been what was falling into the ocean gotcha. in that first movie. Uh-huh. But then you're also thinking, well, wait a minute, this movie is the third one. But that movie came out in like what was it like ninety nine or two thousand or two thousand uh, early two thousands if it was two thousands yeah um, two thousand eight believe it or not really yeah wow. January really eighteenth two thousand eight I thought it was older than that well Transformers was like two thousand five or six wasn't oh, it I guess so, that's true you know yeah that's true huh okay right um oh I'm thinking of I, I'm thinking of um, I was thinking found footage and I was thinking of Blair Witch. Uh, yeah, yes, that, was, that was 99. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was, yeah. yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, so not, I mean, quality-wise, not a great movie. I mean, I I watched the entire thing just because I wanted to get to the end, and I wanted to be like, how does this tie into mm-hmm. the rest of this stuff? Because I like the other ones. But it was just not, I mean, I found myself, like, skipping a few minutes at a time. I'm like, okay, all right, fine, let's get through this part. And I, Can we move it along, please? Right, right. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of what that was. Um all right, my very very last thing on our on our new movie news stuff, and this is primarily for you because I think you watched uh, Kung Fury. Yeah, yeah, Michael Fassbender, the uh, guy who played Magneto in the new X Men movies. Yes, he apparently is going to be in Kung Fury Two. Oh, they're making a sequel. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Kung Fury? No, I will have to I think, watch it tonight. I think they should just call it Kung Furrier. I think that would be awesome. Watch it. It's a half hour of your Kung life. Kung Furrier? Yeah. Kung Furrier. Well, the furries. A bunch of ninja furries. Uh, ninja furries. Why did the furries come up in our last two episodes? I, I don't know, but I am not a furry. I don't. <laughs> and I'm also going to say this. You resemble you, one. If you, maybe. <laughs> if you have, animals love me, what can I say? <laughs> Kung Fury. You've got to watch Kung Fury. Uh-huh. It's, it's a half hour. It's only a half hour. You Kung won't Fury want... to the movie. Yeah. The two stars on the IMDb search box that pop yep. up. Yep. <clears throat> Michael Fassbender. Uh-huh. And Fassbender. You have to say it that way. The Hoff. Yeah. Yeah, well, but that's yeah. huge because yeah, you'll yeah. see why. You'll see why. You gotta watch the first one. You have okay. to watch that today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You must watch that. Maybe yeah. at the end of this podcast. I don't know. I feel like certain things know. of Kung Fury remind me of uh, The Last Dragon. Like yeah. that, that movie was show enough. Yeah. The, the Shogun of Harlem. Yeah. yeah. I, I, some of it like reminds me of that. Yeah, Kung yeah. Fury's pretty outstanding. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like... And only being a half hour. It's a little bit like when I first started watching Ash vs. Evil Dead. Yeah. I'm like, oh, great, another show. I mean, I love you know yeah. Evil Dead and all that other stuff, but I don't know if I can start another you know yeah. series that has you know 12-hour-long episodes. And then I was like, wait a minute. It's a half hour. They're all like 27 minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're watching the whole season tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know, yeah. I know. No, it's yeah. funny. Mizuka even watched Kung Fury. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that, because mm-hmm. it came out like right when he was passing the rumor on. I yeah. said, hey guys, I, this is pretty out there. You might like this, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I passed it out, and he's like, yeah, I'll check it out. And it was like, what was I watching? <laughs> was, uh, I think Jeff's, Jeff, Jeff's, but that's mm-hmm. accurate. What oh, am yeah. I watching? Like, it's, it's, I'll have to check that out. Oh, it's tonight. It's so ridiculous. And send a text. But it's a lot. Right. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm just. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. Right Dinosaurs, on. I missed my point in time. I mean, yep. it's just outstanding. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is outstanding. I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm in. I love it. We should do it after you watch it. Yes. Let's do a podcast. Yes, right? yes. Let's do it. Yes. Our, the podcast will be longer than the movie. Yes. Yes. Yeah. The Kung Fury Minute. There you go. Ooh. Oh, you got it. 
You have mm-hmm. got to see this. All right. It's okay. on the list. Yes. The only thing I think I have out to watch tonight is Olympics, so I'm in. Well, okay. guess what you're watching now. Yeah. Before the Olympics, Forget you're watching Olympics. Kung Fury. There you go. Um, all right. So that's it for new movie stuff. Oh, yeah. What? Venom. Oh, Venom. 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 Yeah, Venom. Do uh, you mean the Eddie Brock <laughs> teaser trailer? I didn't see Venom in the trailer. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just being a jerk. Yeah. I was I was thinking of a response, and then I'm like, did I miss something? But, but, yeah. Yeah, but that's right at the very end, you got a good point. I mean, at the very end, the, the, you, the see the facial, logo, you see the yeah, logo, the logo. Thing, but you don't actually see, you like, don't see Venom, it. Venom, yeah. There's, I mean, that would be like can, having a solo trailer and showing everybody but Han Solo. Exactly. There's like the, the, the they have the thing that looks like the Venom thing moving yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm just excited. That's all I'm going to say about that. Okay. Excited about Venom. Not as excited about, about like if I heard there was a new Wolverine movie, but. Um, have we said but, anything about the new Ant Man? Uh, we have I don't to think cover we have. that at some point. No? I don't know that we no. did. Yeah. Fat too. I, I enjoy that one as well. Yeah. I, I was a huge fan of the first Ant Man. Oh, yeah. As soon as this one comes out, I'm. I'm there. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Yes. And uh, my daughter really appreciated that, much like Thomas the Tank Engine in the first one, there yeah. is a giant flying yeah. um, uh, Hello Kitty Pez dispenser. Outstanding. That, that was, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, that was well done. I think they're going to do, it seems like, just from the trailer, it seems like they're going to do a lot with taking the idea of the, the shrinking and the growing powers and really play with it a lot more sure. than they did in the first one, which yeah. I, the first one I still thought was awesome. Um, yeah, no, I can't wait till that one. That's cool. That one comes out. June 15th, 1988, rated R for one hour and 48 minute runtime, was directed by Ron Shelton, who did White Men Can't Jump and Tin Cup. Producers on this one was Tom Mount, uh, who did Can't Buy Me Love, Tequila Sunrise, and Frantic, and Mark Berg, who has produced Two and a Half Men, Saw, and John Q. Uh, writer for this one, also the director, Ron Shelton. He also did The Great White Hype and Bad Boys 2. Cinematography by Bobby Byrne, who did Smokey and the Bandit. That's a great movie. I wish we had, I wish we had started our podcast like seven years earlier uh, to be able to talk Smokey and the Bandit. Maybe we'll do it when it comes around for uh, a different anniversary sometime. Uh, 16 Candles, and Dennis's personal favorite, Howard the Duck. Music for this one was Michael Convertino. I butchered that totally. I'm very sorry, Michael. Uh, Michael Convertino, uh, who also did The Santa Claus and Wakewood. Budget on this one was $7.5 and the box office was $58 million. Uh, Kevin Costner played Crash Davis. He was in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, The Bodyguard, and Field of Dreams. Susan Sarandon, who is the partner of Tim Robbins from 1988, they actually met on this movie, uh, until 2009 when they broke up. Uh, Susan Sarandon played Annie Savoy. She was in Thelma and Louise and Dead Man Walking. Tim Robbins played Ebby Calvin Nuke Lelouch, uh, who was also in Howard the Duck, The Shawshank Redemption, and The Hudsucker Proxy. Trey Wilson, who died in 1989 at age 40, was Joe Riggins, uh, the manager. He was in FX, Raising Arizona, and Twins. Robert Wool played Larry Hockett. He was in Batman 89 and Good Morning Vietnam. William O'Leary played Jimmy. He was in Hot Shots and the TV show Home Improvement. David Niedorf played Bobby. He was in Platoon, Hoosiers, and Empire of the Sun. Danny Gans, who died in 2009, played Deke. He was in Chippendale Rescue Rangers and the TV series Silk Stockings. Tom Salardi played Tony. He was in I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry and The Benchwarmers. Lloyd Williams played Mickey. He was in Pretty Woman and Boxing Helena. 
Rick Marzan was Jose. He was in Heat and Eraser. George Buck was Nuke's father. He was in See No Evil, Hear No Evil, and Funny Farm. And Jenny Robertson played Millie. She was in Balls of Fury and Reno 911. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes gives this one a 97%, a 73% critic rating on Metacritic. Uh, David Anson said, quote, This film works equally as a love story, a baseball fable, and a comedy, while ignoring the cliches of each genre. The audience rating on CinemaScore got a B+. Academy Awards for this one. It was nominated for Best Original Screenplay by Ron Shelton. Uh, it was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Actress uh, for Susan Sarandon and Best Original Song, When a Man Loves a Woman. It was also, uh, the only award on here that it won was the Writers Guild of America Award for Best Original Screenplay, Ron Shelton. Got a couple of quick little trivia background things here for Bull Durham. Uh, Ron Shelton played minor league, the director. Ron Shelton played minor league baseball for five years, but quit when he realized he would never quite make it to the majors. He was quoted in an interview at one point saying, I was 25. In baseball, you feel 60 if you're not in the big leagues. I didn't want to become a Crash Davis. Also from Bull Durham, Annie Savoy's name comes from a combination of, quote, Annie's, what baseball players called their groupies, and the name of a bar. Uh, another one, last one from Bull Durham, is the studio wanted Anthony Michael Hall to play Nuke Lelouch, but Shelton fought and ultimately had to threaten to quit before they allowed him to keep Tim Robbins. What do you believe in there? Well, I believe in the small of a woman's back, the hanging curveball, high fiber, good scotch, and I believe in long, slow, deep, soft, wet kisses that last for three days. Oh After 12 years in the minor leagues, I don't try out. Besides, uh... I don't believe in quantum physics when it comes to matters of the heart. Sometimes alone, can't play. I've never been tired of this. Come on, fire one in here. This is ridiculous. I'm a professional. It still remains a mystery to me. That's hot. While one surrenders and the other runs away, but it's true. The rose goes in the front, big guy. Dare you to stay out of my bed? You are messing with my private life. When a woman loves a man, a woman loves a man. She does what she can do. He does the best he can. When a woman loves a man.
Our second movie this time around is Working Girl. It came out December 21st, 1988, rated R, with a runtime of 1 hour 53 minutes, directed by Mike Nichols, who died in 2014. He also did The Graduate, The Birdcage, and Primary Colors. Producer was Douglas Wick, who did The Craft, Gladiator, and The Great Gatsby, the 2013 version. Writer on this one was Kevin Wade. He did Junior and Meet Joe Black. Cinematography was Michael Ballhouse. He did Goodfellas and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Music for this one was done by Rob Mouncey, who also did did Bright Lights, Big City, and the TV series Sex in the City. Budget was $28.6 million, and the box office was $102 million. Starring Harrison Ford as Jack Trainer, he was in the Star Wars movies, Indiana Jones movies, and Air Force One. Sigourney Weaver played Catherine Parker. She was in the Alien movies, the Ghostbuster movies, and Galaxy Quest. Melanie Griffith played Tess McGill. She was in Lolita, Crazy in Alabama, and most recently, The Disaster Artist. Alec Baldwin played Mick Dugan. He was in Knott's Landing, Beetlejuice, and 30 Rock. Joan Cusack played Sin, or Cynthia. She was in 16 Candles, Saturday Night Live, and School of Rock. Philip Bosco played Orrin Trask. He was in The Money Pit and The Savages. Nora Dunn played Ginny. She was in uh, Saturday Night Live and Three Kings. Oliver Platt played Lutz. He was in The Three Musketeers, the 1993 one, Bicentennial Man, and a few episodes of The West Wing. Kevin Spacey played Bob Speck. He was in Seven and The Usual Suspects, as well as the TV series House of Cards until recently. And Olympia Dukakis played the personnel director, and she was in Moonstruck and Steel Magnolias. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. uh, Rotten Tomatoes. I went full-on Southern there for a second with Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes gave it an 85%. uh, Metacritic gave it a 73%. Roger Ebert gave it a four out of four stars and wrote, quote, The plot of Working Girl is put together like clockwork. Carries you along while you're watching it, but reconstruct it later and you'll see the craftsmanship. Audience rating on CinemaScore was an A-. Uh, let's see, it had the Oscar for Best Original Song, Let the River Run, by Carly Simon, and it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress, and two different Best Supporting Actress uh, nominations. A um, couple of real quick background things, some trivia on Working Girl. Working Girl, it was David Duchovny's film debut. If you check the, uh, I think it's the uh, wedding party for Cynthia, for Sin, you'll see him there. And I think he might be in one of the other party scenes at some point, but you got to like look real fast, otherwise you'll miss him. Um, I didn't catch him in one of the first scenes, but I did catch him in that one, the wedding party, when Mick is trying to... Um, uh, reluctantly proposed to, uh, or kind of reluctantly proposed to Tess. Uh, he's in there. He's kind of off to the left-hand side of the screen at one point, but he's there. Uh, Melanie Griffith was actually dealing with alcohol and drug addiction during the filming of this movie. She failed to show up uh, several times, but one morning in particular for filming and production had to close down for a brief time. She was fined and ultimately entered rehab about three weeks later. There isn't any room at the top for local girls like us. I'm not giving up. In the land of opportunity... They're not going to give you no shot test. They're going to shoot you. Where dreams are won and lost. Spray me down? Sorry? Well, I can't very well walk around my own party clinging. Someone's about to get what she deserves. I know I'm asking an awful lot, Tess, but I... I don't know what else to do. I need you to take over. Do me a favor, be me. Be my secretary. You do, sir? Thank you, Cynthia. Hold all calls, Miss McGill. Yes, Cynthia, thank you. Can I get you anything, Mr. Trainer? Coffee, tea, me. <laughs> Isn't she right? That'll be all, Cynthia. But how you look. 
head for business and a bod for sin. Is there anything wrong with that? No. 20th Century Fox presents Harrison Ford. Last night was special. It wasn't so special. I had to carry up three flights of stairs. Sigourney Weaver. This woman is my secretary. She's not. Oh, no? Ask her. Melanie Griffith. How about you? I'm flat broke. I'm crazy about a man that I will probably never see again. Well, besides that. <laughs> In a new film, directed by Mike Nichols. I'm telling you, she's your man. Working girl. You know, maybe I just don't like you. Me? Nah. <laughs> Okay, um, we didn't even introduce ourselves. We like just jumped right on in, and I mean, people who listen know who we are. But they do. yeah, that's why they come. To so, us. so you're Pat. Yep. And you're Bo. Hey, hey. And I'm Dennis. There you go. None, there you of, go. none of that was true. No. Nope. Hey, Bo, how are you doing? I'm fine. How are you, John? I'm doing good. Pat, how are you doing? I'm doing doing well. Good. I was excited. I thought I could be Bo and I could be smart and know how to like do stuff. But if, if you want, and I thought I could be Pat and have musical talent, <laughs> yeah. which would be nice. Well, too. no, that you find out that well, I, there's not very much of that. So wait, so I have to be Dennis. You picked it, buddy. We just sat here. <laughs> I got here. I got here early. Then. How's your screenplay? <laughs> what do you think of Bartman or Cartman? Or I love the they, Cubs. Okay, I love the Cubs. <laughs> I think the Cubs are the greatest baseball team that's ever played. Finest um, assemblage of athletes you know, ever. Gods among men, I would almost say. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I can't believe Chicago really doesn't even need another team. No. I don't think they need another team. I think the Cubs are enough. In fact, any other teams that might exist in the city of Chicago, uh, they just, you know, throw in the towel. Excessive. Go home. Semi pro. Um, Juno. I think, you know, Juno, Alaska might yeah. need a baseball team. There so, I mean, that's. Let's, let's do that. Yeah. Love the Cubs. My name is Dennis Matucci, everybody. And I love the Cubs. <laughs> oh, we'll know if he ever <laughs> listens. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. So there you go, Dennis. You have to listen to find out what just happened. All right. Um, all right, real quick, before we get into our movies, um, if you are, if you don't want to be spoiled, we are going to be talking today about Bull Durham and Working Girl. So if you don't want to be spoiled on either of those movies, then please just run away screaming now. And, then, and then come on back after you've calmed down. Um, and uh, leave us a review on iTunes. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review and let us know what you like or what you don't like, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. So I think let's jump on into um, Bull Durham. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh, Bull Durham. This, was, this is the first time I ever watched this movie, and I really, really liked it. Like, big fan. And I remember a few weeks ago when I knew we were going to be doing this, another podcast uh, on Twitter had put up a poll, and they asked for whatever, what the favorite, was it favorite baseball movie of the 80s? It might have been like favorite sports movie or favorite baseball movie of the 80s or, or something like that. And a lot of people answered Bull Durham oh, sure. as their favorite, mm-hmm. e- even over like Field of Dreams. Um, it, it certainly depends on your style of baseball movie. They're different. Yeah, Bull Durham and Field of Dreams are. And actually, the one I, that often gets Bull Durham and Major League get hmm. thrown around a lot together. And if you know the two movies at all, you know how much Major League is almost poking fun at Bull Durham. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, I actually, I think I put out a poll the other day to ask people what their favorite uh, baseball movie of the 80s was. And I believe that Bull Durham came in third place of the four options that I put up there. Wow. I'm trying to trying to find it now. Um, That's impressive. Hmm, most impressive. Um, yeah, now I can't find it. I had it open on my page before. But, oh, no, there we go. There we go. Um, so I asked, best baseball movies of the 80s. If yours isn't here, leave a reply. And um, I did not get anybody to reply. Jeff replied, but he doesn't count. Um and I had Bull Durham, Field Dreams, Major League, and The Natural. Uh, the Natural got 0%, Major League got 36%, Bull Durham got 9%, and Field of Dreams got 55%. Mm, so, yeah, <clears throat> bigger, you bigger had Field a more, of Dreams fans. You had a more um, pure audience, perhaps, mm -hmm. on your mm -hmm. Twitter feed. Mm -hmm. Or our Twitter feed, I, I should probably say. I don't know if I would call them a pure audience, but well, you're all lovely people, but yeah. I don't know. This one was definitely R-rated. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Mm -hmm. Gonna want some stuff. Yeah, sure. But no, I, I and and I think, I think given the option, if I were to have to choose, and and I kind of put those two because again, I have not, I don't think I've seen Major League all the way through. I think I've just seen bits and pieces of it. Um, so if I had to pick between two movies mm -hmm. and say either Field of Dreams or Bull Durham, I think right now I'd pick Bull Durham. Mm -hmm. <coughs> just because I think. Bull Durham it seems like it's a movie that I could sit down and watch just about at any time. Okay. And maybe that's because of the comedy aspect of it, but Field of Dreams, I almost feel like I have to be in the mood to watch mm. that one. Because mm. it's maybe a little more serious or maybe a little more... It's a little more of a drama. A little slower um, to develop. A little slower, yeah. Um, so I'm just kind of thinking, you know, in terms of rewatchability, I probably would rewatch Bull Durham a little bit more often than uh, Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. Really liked how, you know, each of these movies, Field of Dreams, again, we didn't watch Field of Dreams yet because that's not up on our list yet, but um, I like how these movies really paid, uh, you know, paid homage to baseball. And that if you're a baseball fan, you're going to get the stuff they're talking about. You know, um, my wife Sharon is a little bit bigger, bigger baseball fan than I am, but and she's sitting over there laughing at some of the different comments they're making, and you know they, they get up to the plate or they get up to the to the mound, and just the thoughts that are running through their head, and so she thought this was hilarious too, just trying to think, you know, that wouldn't it be funny if that's actually what's going through, and it, and it may be what's going through some of their minds as they're up there getting ready to pitch or or hit or catch or whatever it might be. Um, but just, I think those might have been my favorite parts of the movie is is those interactions when they're out on the field, and especially the times where what the you know, heck's going on out here? Yeah. Well, his mince curse. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're we're going through a lot of stuff here. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to figure out a wedding gift. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, candles. Uh, candles. Candlesticks. Candles. Uh, candlesticks are always a a good idea. They didn't even deal with the whole cursed mitt. You know, they got the wedding gift thing figured yeah, out. They didn't deal with the cursed mitts. Well, they, they, saved that. Away. they saved that well, yeah. for Major League when they sacrificed mm -hmm. a live chicken instead of the... For Chobu. There you yep. go. There you go. So. Um, I want the deleted scene where they dealt with the cursed mitt. Like, I, I want oh, that. Right, right. Yeah, I, I want to see that. Yeah. I want to see that. So, uh, I just starting off at the beginning here, we run down the kind of the summary of the movie. Um, so Crash Davis 
Kevin Gosner is he's been around for a while, minor league baseball, uh, made it to the show for what did he say, 21 days? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 21 days, made it to the show. Um, and he's kind of been brought in to bring uh, Nuke up to speed. And uh, what is it? He keep calling him Meat. Like mm-hmm. He's trying to figure, he needs a nickname, so he's calling him Meat. And uh, they don't get along too very well. And uh, so you then get Annie kind of thrown into into this whole situation. And she's the one that starts the whole movie off, which I think was kind of interesting to start a baseball movie. Now, I'm not trying to be sexist by saying this, but you're starting a baseball movie off with a narration by a woman. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of an interesting interesting route to take it. Um, liked it. You know, liked her character. Um but uh, you definitely, you definitely got the vibe that this was going to be a, a slightly different kind of baseball movie, or have some kind of a different, different take right. to it. Um, and then that being kind of the funny, the funny premise of the whole thing is that she takes on one player a year, and and that's her, her lover, her companion for that entire year, <laughs> and project. that's her way, her project. That's her way of trying to get them ready for yeah. the major leagues. Um, you've got uh, so most of the movie, you've got. Uh, Crash and Annie kind of arguing back and forth with each other, even though you can pretty clearly tell yeah. they like each other. Um, you've got Nuke still trying to, you know, do things his way, and he's not really interested in growing up too much. But Crash is trying to get him to grow up. Um, I do like the part where they get to uh, they get to being on the field, and he's telling him like, "Don't you, don't you throw this one." Throw this one, and he refuses to throw it. Yeah. So he's like, "You either throw this one, or you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mess this up for you." And he's, you know, I'm throw whatever I want to throw. All right, fine. So he goes up there and just tells the batter, "It's gonna be a fastball." And then he hits. It. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, it's like, like, I mean that that got out of there fast. Well, that was the second time. It's like that that got out of there fast. You told him what I was gonna throw, didn't you? Yeah, I told yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it's like no. He said the first how time. He's he like he's out? like how did he know what I was gonna throw? He's like, like I told him because I told him. Wait, you told? Yeah, I told him. <laughs> yeah, he. T- Next time, I, throw what I tell you to throw. <laughs> yeah, I thought there was going to be some big throwdown after that. Uh-huh. Throwdown. I thought there was going to be right. some big like philosophical mm-hmm. point, you know? Mm-hmm. That he's just like, no, I told. Him to yeah. Do what I tell you next time. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Then I thought it was kind of funny as the movie goes on. You've got Nuke as as he is maturing a little bit. You've got him kind of. Uh, he's following a little bit more of Crash's advice, and and then you get that whole stretch of time where he kind of refuses to sleep with Annie because mm-hmm. Crash has told him that you know you need to be you know more you don't you don't mess with a streak you don't you don't yeah. mess with a streak yeah. you need to be more kind of focused on yourself mm-hmm. and and uh, you know don't uh, all that all the different superstitions that come in with that um, and so then you get to a point where Crash actually ends up being released by the team uh, Nuke does go off to the major leagues and uh, Crash gets released by the team and then you kind of have the whole section of the movie there where he and Annie are just uh, enjoying each other's company. A lot of candles. A lot of candles. A lot of fire hazards. Put the cap on the milk. Takes a lot of, yeah. Put the cap on the milk. I don't like that thing. I just put the cap on the milk. It was, I mean, it was like fatal attraction levels of of kitchen messy. Yeah, just. I mean, can you, I mean, what's wrong with Taking a moment, picking up the milk, and just just moving it. Just get the milk. Just out move of the way. it. Just move it out of the way. That's all I'm saying. I don't think it kills the spontaneity. No. In fact, it, it probably makes it better because then you don't have to clean up everything afterwards. Come on. No, and it Crash didn't have to clean up nothing. He was fine with the yeah, whole. Yeah, well, it gets in the clothes, true, and then your clothes yeah. smell, like smell like spoiled milk. milk and yeah. I just, you know, I really, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. We have, I mean, we have problems with 
with uh, love scenes that make me- that make messes in yeah. kitchens. That's so the, maybe we maybe we do a podcast sometime of just like yeah. messy kitchen love scenes. I mean, I'll even nine and a half weeks. Yeah, I'll let the I'll let. Oh, the, I haven't seen that one. Is it a messy kitchen love scene? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And even in the bath with the water and the splashing. And yeah. The, okay, let's yeah, take a look yeah. at what's happening to the grout. Let's yes, look at what's going of, the water damage beneath the tub. Damage, yeah. and oh just, my God! It's hell. Me and in your head watching a movie. Isn't <laughs> oh, you have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Especially that stuff. I mean, it's just... I the only thing that would have made it worse is if it would have been like Fatal Attraction and they would have like spilled the milk and they would have been like splashing at <laughs> yeah, each other's faces. I know, and, I know. I saw, like, I... Even, that's not sexy. My first... Uh, no, no. Bring it sexy. No, you're no. not. You're not bringing it back. No. I even thought like maybe that was just Maybe movie, soy milk. Maybe it was a movie flub and they just yeah. had so many bad takes they couldn't take that out. Yeah. I, I just... No, that was intentional. Okay. Okay. All right, I'll take it more from I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I mean... Here is the recommendation. I can honestly say I did not analyze that scene that I deeply. Just, I'm not going to. Yeah. You know. The recommendation of the 30-something movie podcast is don't have sex over spilled milk. <laughs> ah. That's, I, that's how that phrase goes, isn't it? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. That is now. Anyway. That was, and I think that's only our second official ever proclamation of the podcast. Well, it's The been... first one, I think, was the 30-something podcast does not approve of drugs. No. Wasn't, wasn't that with Repo Man? <laughs> yeah. 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 So this is, this is number two for us. Yeah. I feel like a lot of stuff is number two for us, but we don't. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it does. Sometimes but, it does. Yeah. So we're gonna have to issue executive orders here, and mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. yeah. Spilled. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, don't mess up the kitchen. It's not worth it. I just. It just. I don't like my food being messed up. I know. It. I was. I was uneasy as well. So mm-hmm. I. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, so Crash goes and he joins another team. Um, I thought it was an interesting name for a baseball team, the Asheville Tourists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a bit of a strange name. Um, he does break the minor league record for career home runs, but nobody seems to realize it. And uh, when we do see Nuke, the, the last time he is being interviewed uh, as a major leaguer, and he is you know, answering questions the way that Crash has taught him to answer questions, mm-hmm. as a big boy does. Um, Crash then does retire, comes back to Durham, and then he's kind of, you kind of get the idea that he's considering taking the manager job at, yeah. the, at one of the other towns uh, not too far away. So... Uh, that is basically the plot of the movie. As I said before, this was the first time I ever saw it. You said, Pat, first this time. is the first time you ever saw it? What'd yeah. What did you think? I liked it. I really did. I, you know, um, I, I'm not a huge baseball fan by any stretch. So, yeah, I didn't have much bringing to this movie expectation or whatnot. I, I thought it was just a real unique little movie. I don't know. Was it about people? Was it about baseball? Was it yes to all of the above? I, I don't know. I, I just I really enjoyed the movie. I thought it was I thought it was fun. The Asheville tourists, by the way, like the Durham Bulls, are a real are they really? baseball okay. team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now this is not the first time you saw this movie, correct? No. Okay. No, it is not. When was the first time? Do you remember the first time you saw it? Shoot. It was probably late. It was probably early 90s, right around when I saw Major League. I probably okay. saw them about the same time. Okay. Because they're definitely connected in my mm-hmm. head, not just because of all the jokes that are mm-hmm. tied together. But mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Always loved Bull Durham. It's, it's fantastic. This one, too, I thought was very quotable. Oh, oh, God, yes. Like, I mean, and you think of, like, Field of Dreams and, and mm-hmm. Major League, and, I mean, they're all quotable, but uh, this one in particular, I mean, I, and, and I always think Tim Robbins is hilarious, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, just a lot of funny stuff 
funny stuff in this movie and just even not even necessarily funny quotes but like what was the what was the line where he says something like you know god gave you a gift he something like he reached down and Oh yeah! Reach down and turn your arm into a thunderbolt, or something. Yeah, like that. whatever the line was. Just the way yeah. they turn it. It's when he yeah. was drunk. Yeah, yeah. Or they were on the bus, or. Don't hit a. Wasn't it the bar? Don't hit a drunk oh, it was, guy yeah. or something. <laughs> well, it was. It was from what I hear. What was it? If you, from what I hear, if you fell out of boat, you couldn't hit water. Yeah. Oh well, yeah, that yeah. was the there first was one. Yeah. 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 <laughs> there were maybe a couple other words in there that I left out. Ah, when you you got a gift. When you were a baby, the gods reached down and turned your right arm into a thunderbolt. You got a Hall of Fame arm, but you're pissing it away. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ain't pissing nothing away. I got a Porsche already. <laughs> yeah, it keeps coming back to the Porsche. <laughs> you don't need a quadraphonic lop. What you need is a curveball. <laughs> I did like the... Uh, You've been the in the majors? <clears throat> yeah, I've been in the majors. What was the line about uh, strikes are fascist? Strikes are fascist. Oh yeah. Yeah. What was the What was the line? We thought balls are democracy. Right Relax, all right. Don't try to strike everybody yes. out. Yeah. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're <clears throat> fascist. Yeah. Throw some ground balls. It's more yeah. democratic. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, there were several times like some of those little one-liners. We yeah. Kind of were, or or any of the speeches that Crash yeah. is giving. Oh, the 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 belief <clears throat> statement. Mm-hmm. Is is one of my favorite yeah. speeches ever. I think that was Jeff uh, responded to something I put up. Um, I put up something on on Twitter. Oh no, here I, I, I said watching Bull Durham for the first time. What's your favorite line from the movie? And I said mine so far. From what I hear, uh, you couldn't hit water if you fell out of an effing boat. Mm-hmm. And then Jeff responded with the entire yeah. I believe statement. I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing astroturf and the designated hitter. Yeah. Yeah. It's just good. Did you hear it's that, so Dennis? <laughs> Did you hear that? Designated, Designated hitters. Uh huh. We love you, Dennis. It's oh, so good. <laughs> the Sox, the league, the Sox playing has a designated hitter. Yes. Mm-hmm. I see. The yeah. league, real baseball is played in. Real not. baseball doesn't have designated hitters. I got you. Yeah. This may Pitchers be the episode we. Well, this may be the episode we get the most feedback from. It may be if we have baseball fans. Yeah. And I am the first to say I am not a fan of the designated hitter. I also think that eventually, in my lifetime, the designated hitter will be a ubiquitous thing in the major leagues. So pitchers have to hit the ball. Yeah. Okay. And they won't, eventually. I think in the end, we're going to go the route of the designated hitter because they're going to want to keep more of these... Specialists. Yeah. It's pretty much it. Agreed. (laughs) But at the same time, I can't really fault someone who says they don't want to see... Some 40-year-old lefty reliever swing a bat. Right. Because I get it. Mm-hmm. I don't really either. Right. I just think it's cheating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, slightly unrelated to the movie, um, do you remember the first time you ever went to a baseball game? Mm. Or, or if you don't, favorite baseball game you went to? Oh, wow. Well, first time... That I remember anyway, and I'd have to confirm with my father, but I think. First game I ever went to, six, seven years old, Milwaukee County Stadium, middle of July. So hot. Oh my God. So hot we didn't stay. We couldn't. We were dead. We got back to the hotel and it was, it was bad. It was bad, bad. Yeah. We were up there for the weekend and did the whole Milwaukee Zoo thing. It was so hot. Oh, God. Favorite game? 
That's a tough one. Because you go to you go to a lot of baseball games. I do, yeah. I do. Um, favorites tough. It would have to be a tie between any time I've gone on opening day and the Cubs have won, which <clears> is very little. <throat> so there's only a couple of those. Or my brother took me um, the week of my wedding, and we sat in the second row behind home plate at Wrigley Field. Oh, nice. I mean, we were as close to the brick wall where the net is as I am to mm-hmm. you right now. Yeah. It was awesome. That's it was cool. awesome. I, I love baseball. I just wish it was cheaper to go to a game because mm-hmm. I'd go to a lot more. Well, I f- and I feel like when we were in high school, it was like... You like, could get away like, with it, yeah. 15 bucks, 18 bucks to get bleacher seats yeah. at Wrigley. Not anymore. And I don't think I ever... I didn't take advantage of it back yeah. then, so I kind of missed that chance. And yeah. It's definitely not 18 bucks now. No. No. But I am sensing a possible 30-something podcast summer outing. We should we should set something up. I'd be fine with that. Cool. Yeah. I'm looking at that. Okay. What about you? People go you have, to you Milwaukee. To, I remember... Milwaukee's good. I remember every baseball game I've been to. Yeah? You've been I, to one? No. Oh, okay. Six or seven, I think. Oh, okay. Okay. I went... My mom took my brother and I down to Wrigley... Mom's a big baseball fan. Okay. Um, so we went down to Wrigley with her. We were young. Maybe, I don't even know if I was in, like, middle school age yet. Um, so I went down to Wrigley a long time ago. That was fun. Our neighbors were huge Sox fans. So I remember going to Comiskey Park, old Comiskey Park, mm-hmm. and sitting in, like, box seats, old Comiskey. And then I remember new Comiskey, before it was Cellular Field? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so I don't think I've ever been to the cell. I think I've always been to Old Comiskey and New Comiskey. Okay. okay. But right then on. I remember going to New Comiskey and being in the upper deck seats and having that experience in New mm-hmm. it feels like, dude, like auditorium oh, theater, like you feel like when you're going to When they first built mm-hmm. that thing, that was Woo! freaky up there. That was crazy wicked awesome. <laughs> like, I remember going up there and just being like, holy yeah. Buckets, man. <laughs> Holy buckets. I was I was a nerd in school, not that this will surprise anyone at this table, and one year in grade school. Oh, I went to school with you, I know. Yeah. One year in grade school, I had perfect attendance, and that was what you got, was White awesome. Sox tickets. Yeah. Nerd. Up in the... Mm, yeah. 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 Ooh, now, if I, I kind of relate about... Sharon, like, Sharon would get those, too. I think she yeah. would get the, like, the win the White Sox tickets mm-hmm. for attendance. And, yeah. Auditorium theater downtown. Not auditorium theater. Auditorium, uh, but orchestra hall. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Orchestra hall has that, too. When you walk into that balcony mm-hmm. or the gallery... Some you, of those balconies, even in some of the stage theaters, are like that. Yeah. They get it's a little really, steep. I mean, I've been there enough, but yeah, I remember... I remember those upper deck seats. It was like my feet were like at the head of the net. Like it was, it was. Mm-hmm. So I remember that. And then I remember our neighbors got, we got in the skybox one of the times. So we got into the skybox yes. for one uh, Sox game. Very and nice. that was, that was quite a thing. That was an experience. And then um, I remember I went to a Twins game. Some friends, we were up in Eau Claire. We went and visited a buddy that had already graduated, and we went over to Minnesota. He's like, you guys want to go to a baseball game today? Now, I grew up in Chicago where if you want to go to a baseball game today, you better have season tickets or bought the tickets months and months in advance. <laughs> and it was he's just like, yeah, let's go to a twin game. I'm like, today? Did you buy tickets? Ah, oh, we'll get them at the gate. I'm like, you can do that? You can do that? <laughs> and he says, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were like, we lived outside. He, he lived right outside of the Twin Cities. Mm. And he said, I said, well, what time does the game start? Well, it starts in about 20 minutes. I'm like, don't we have to drive to the thing? Yeah, we'll leave in about 5 or 10. We'll be okay. And I'm like, we have to drive into the cities. You live 
like outside the cities and we can leave 10 minutes before the start of the game and we can get tickets to, it was just mind blowing and all mm-hmm. that obviously this kind of sounds like a diss on the twins because that's the reason twins? that tickets weren't that's the way it was but well, I remember seeing a twins game and then finally a buddy of mine had a bachelor party that included a game up at um, new uh, Brewer Stadium mm-hmm. and great um, place to see games yeah and that's there. that's what I yeah. remember too is that um, they have now just awesome awesome at, place to see a game at, uh, at Miller Park there's a Fridays in left field. Mm-hmm. You can get, and my brother did this because the Cubs play up there the week the weekend before they open at home. You can get a table, hmm. and that's what we did. We got a table, and we were you know it's like sitting at Fridays, but that's you're awesome. watching the game. That's, that's awesome. That's cool. Fantastic. That's awesome. What did you think of seeing a game inside in Minneapolis? You know, it didn't throw me that much because I don't, I mean, I don't. That is the, like, other than the one in Milwaukee with mm-hmm. the roof that closes, which is right. sort of like seeing the game inside. I feel like that's the only time I've been. Or they, the me roof too. Is, the roof is I closed. have not been in a Otherwise, full been closed enough. baseball yeah. stadium. Yeah. It, it didn't really throw <clears> me that much because I don't, like, I was just like, this is cool. I mean, anytime yeah. you see something live, I get excited for it. Yeah. Sure. I mean, and it was uh, it was fun. But so that didn't throw me as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And at the risk of, of hijacking the conversation, mm. a, a colleague of mine, one summer, decided with some buddies, I don't know if you heard about this, there was a little write-up. He decided with some buddies, they planned this out, they were going, let's go see like eight games in a row or something. And so it started planning until they decided they were going to see, what was it, they were going to watch one team consecutively they were going to see a baseball game every day and drive around the country and it took them like a couple months or a month and a half but they drove around the country and watched a baseball game at every single stadium Mm. consecutively and it was it was jason uh, jason who used to be on the podcast who works in the school with us yeah he's been trying to do that too okay he's been trying to make it to every major league stadium and they went consecutively that's awesome and i just said what was and he said sometimes it was like you couldn't work your way around one end of the country to the other because sometimes to see the games consecutively Mm -hmm. but he said that he saw every stadium and it was it was in a row and he said sometimes it would be weird he said because we would follow one team like we would like sure. we saw yeah. I, you know we saw the cubs play in Wrigley and then we saw them in Brewer stadium and then we, uh, yeah. and mm-hmm. and he said so there would be these weird things but but he said yeah it took it took a couple months but every day he That's watched awesome. a baseball game and he just saw the different and he said yeah some of these places are awesome and this one's like right San Francisco like right on the bay and the border then you go down there you know and down in Tampa Bay they have a like you can pet sea rays in the outfield and there's like a petting zoo and so he could just describe he just described all the different um, but Brian O'Connor he used to teach at Lake Forest Academy not Lake Forest Academy Lake Forest High School mm. and he's out in California now but yeah he did that he hit that's awesome it was it was really fun listening to him talking just the different feel of each mm-hmm. of the stadium uh, the new stadiums. stadium in Minneapolis yeah. Target Field is beautiful okay went mm. there a couple summers ago Fantastic. Do they share that with the football team? No, the okay, football so team just built a new one. Right, because that was the Super, Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. That's not okay. No, different. They're across the expressway from each other. Even they used to share. Yeah, the stadium, but now they each have their own, and the baseball field is beautiful. Cool. So you yeah, go, John. I, I don't. I don't know that I can remember a favorite game, but I know growing up we went to a lot of Rangers games. Okay, um, grew up in Dallas, so we went mm-hmm. to a lot of Rangers games. Um, you know, so I was. It, funny thing was there, I almost ended up following. Um, oh gosh, what was his name? 
uh, Ruben Sierra mm. was, was one of the big players at the time. And the funny thing was, we would watch him, he was playing for the Rangers, and then we moved over to England, and then we moved back, we thought we were going to move to California. So we lived in Sacramento for maybe a summer, mm-hmm. and we went to a Giants game, and he was playing for the Giants there. And then I think when we came here to Chicago, one of the first games we went to was either a either a Sox or Cubs game, and um, he ended up playing for, I think he ended up playing for the opposing team. So, like, I followed him to three different cities over the course of my childhood. Fun. Um, we went to a lot of Rangers games growing up. When did up, you guys then, leave Texas? When did we leave Texas? Yeah. It was uh, 90... 91? June, June of 91. My years are going to be off, but did you get to see Nolan Ryan pitch live? Yeah. Oh! Yeah. I think only one game. I'm I think only, I only saw one game. I'm only game, mostly jealous of you right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. No, and and that was man could pitch. That was cool. <laughs> I mean, he was he was obviously you know at the end of his well, yeah, career but at that, that point, that, but, but yeah. he could. The no, it was, ball still made noises in the air that people. Oh, yeah. We have a uh, we have a song. There was a singer that my dad really liked named Jerry Jeff Walker. He's like a Texas. Texas country singer. So I'll, you know what? I'm actually I'll include some of the audio for it in here. Uh, he has a song that's all about Nolan Ryan. Yes, he does. It's it's, it's fantastic. Uh, I love that song. Jerry Jeff Walker. Nolan Ryan. He's a hero to us all. He is. He don't mess around, boys. No. He can, he can throw a mean fastball. He can. <laughs> no. But it's, it's like a, the song is a story awesome. of his career. And, um, awesome. But yeah, so so did that, and then. Uh, Switched to cricket temporarily when we were over in England. And then one came day back. you're going to have to explain cricket to me. I've tried. One day I'm going to have to explain cricket to me. Because okay. I've played it and I'm not sure I understand <laughs> cricket. <laughs> you got to know what a crumpet <laughs> is to understand cricket. <laughs> so yes. well, if you know how to throw a wobbly googly, then you let me know. Um, no, but here's it's a, ty- it's a type of pitch in cricket. It doesn't make any sense at all. I apologize to all the people who listen to us in countries that have cricket. I don't, but you know, if you're being honest with yourself, you don't know how cricket is played. Either. Any game that can so. take that many hours. Oh no, it's not hours. I know days. days. Like it's 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 days. Days. I don't yeah, understand. It's days, and nobody care. really watches the game. The only like the cricket games I went to, everybody sits around and has their tea and their little sandwiches and everything else. No one is actually watching the game. <laughs> I don't just even a game going I don't, on. Yeah, there is. It's just a game going on in the background. Funny. I don't think the players watch the game. <laughs> so people say that baseball's boring. You've never seen a cricket match before. And I sometimes will even watch it on TV, and they make it look exciting, but it's because they've zoomed in on just the part of the field where the pitching is happening. Um, So, so funny story about the cricket, though, is when I was in school in England, they needed, like, somebody had gotten injured. I was at an all-boys school. We didn't have very many people at the school. And so whenever we had a sports team, you pulled from the very few kids that were in the school to be on the sports team. So a lot of times, everybody got to participate. Um, funny tangent to that is I got put on the swim team one time. I didn't even know how to swim. <laughs> <You're born. laughs> so, That's like how you find coaches at a school. Right. You yeah. have a pulse, you're going to coach. <laughs> yeah. um, so they, they need somebody for the cricket team. They're like, you. You do well on the rugby team. You'll be fine on the cricket team. Come on out. And I was like, well, do, do I need a uniform? They're like, yeah, just uh, white pants, white shirt, white sweater. That's all you need. I'm like, well, I, okay. <laughs> well, I have a sweater thus. Okay. <laughs> I'm not a pimp, so I don't have all my... <laughs> oh, man. So, so but we, maybe you are. No, I, I, felt like, I felt like one walking out of the secondhand clothing store with my white pants and white pants, <laughs> and white shirt and white sweater. White shoes, too. I white, mean, yeah, I probably now. had white shoes, oh too. God, so I'm, I'm, like this, I'm like this like vision in white. <clears throat> yeah, that's what you were. 
And and they put me in the outfield because that's the best place for the American is in the outfield where nothing ever happens. Hide the American. Uh -huh. Somebody hits somebody. Somebody gets a hit and it comes zooming towards me. Right. Okay. So I have not played cricket at this point. This is my first time standing out of the. All right. So the ball comes zooming towards me, and the thing is, they've got it's a big circle, and if it gets outside the circle, I think it's like six points. I forget the points now, but so I'm thinking, don't you let that ball outside that circle. So I pull a baseball maneuver, and I dive for this ball that's about to zoom past me, and I dive, and I catch it, and I roll a couple of times, and I jump up, and I zing it back to the guys, back to the pitcher, so he can get the guy out. Everybody, the parents, the coaches, the umpires, the players from both teams are just staring at me. <laughs> and, the, and when the inning is, or inning or whatever it's called, I forget now. The when next he, when he comes morning. Up, the next morning, <laughs> when it was July, we all <laughs> got together. The, the coach came out and he's like, what in God's green earth was that? And I was like, I was stopping. Son, that's not how we play cricket. <laughs> I'm like, but I stopped it from getting the points. No, no. This is a civilized like, game, young wait, so, but, man. But I'm, I thought, but I'm defending in the... What did you do wrong? I, I don't know. But he just told you that. You it never got explained day. to me what I did wrong. Is Other it, than we you just, don't do apparently that. Apparently we don't dive and we don't roll. And what was oh. funny was my mom was not happy because that pristine white outfit That's why had, we don't had roll. grass stains all the way This is a gentleman's it. game, young man. Well, I, I'm not a gentleman. <laughs> we know this. <laughs> so. Dear Lord. So All that's, right. that's how you uh, don't play cricket. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I love that story. Yeah, that's good. You, 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 you got to leave. So. I must excuse myself, gentlemen. I look forward to hearing your uh, comments about all that. I'll maybe shoot a call to the love line for my uh, take on uh, working, working girl. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing the, the stories and all the fun that comes out of it. And you guys have a good night. You too. So, but, yeah, great movie. Both of them, great yeah. movies. Fantastic. Quotable as hell. Mm -hmm. Great baseball movie. If you haven't seen it, see it. I can, uh, you strikes, know, strikes are fascist. Yeah, I, I try to sometimes movies that I know I love. I try to look for something bad in them just to, mm -hmm. you know, to watch it with a critical eye. Because mm -hmm. Lord knows I've come in and panned enough movies, but it's really hard not to like this. Mm -hmm. It's Kevin Costner before he got preachy. Mm -hmm. God, um, it's a young Tim Robbins just being goofy. Um, it's great. Mm -hmm. It really is like. And if you like baseball, and if you're old enough to like old, older school baseball, yeah, the old school baseball characters are all there. The crotchety manager, the mm -hmm. crazy pitching coach—it's just—it's all there. And it's yeah. so good. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, and I don't want to sound like a jerk by saying this, but Susan Sarandon would not have been my first choice initially no. when the movie started. I was like, yeah, she's the. Love interest in this one, okay, and yeah. that's not, and, and that's not even necessarily anything against her, and it's not. I just, I don't know. Initially, and, and but I think after watching the movie, I'm not sure anybody else could have played that part. And apparently, the way she got the part, I was reading this, the the, the studio, I guess, thought the same thing. They're like, Susan Sarandon, no, 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 no. We we need someone different. We need someone a little sexier. We need somebody, you know, maybe a little younger, a little ditzier, maybe I don't know. But yeah. um, so apparently, what they did was they uh, the the director told her, you may need to go fight for your job here. And so apparently, she showed up in a uh, a plunging neckline, in a a form fitting mini skirt. 
And uh, the director, if it was the director or somebody else told her, you need to go into the producer's office or the studio office and uh, just lean over their desk for a few minutes. And she said that's all she did. And she went in and she just leaned over the guy's desk for a few minutes. And after she stayed there for a little bit, he's like, all right, you can be in the movie. <laughs> and she's perfect because we're, yeah. we're not in New York. We're in Raleigh, North Carolina. Right. Like, right. That's and what we, you're and, we've, and we've got the kind of young, ditzy character. We, we do. Millie. We've got Millie. Yeah. Daddy owns this. Daddy right. donated the scoreboard. Uh huh. Outstanding. <laughs> and she marries the yeah the God fearing mm-hmm. guy with, with who, the ceremony on the field. With, on the of course, mm-hmm. of yeah. course, yeah. with the manager as his best man. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, it would be no other way. Mm-hmm. It's perfect. All right. Um, Oh, I, last thing I was going to bring up for this one, um, Kevin Costner was, we almost had a baseball team in our own county. I know. Co-owned by Kevin Costner. Yeah. That the Lake, fell through. Lake, Lake County, county Fielders. Fielders that, yeah, yeah I thing. was getting excited for that. I know, we Did were Did you too. see any of the stadium designs? Um, back in the day, I think so. They had a yeah, row of seats. I think it was going to be fun. They had a row of seats like, <clears throat> imagine Wrigley's main concourse that wraps around mm-hmm. between the 100 and the 200 level. Put before the 200 level would start. Put a little section of bar tops and high top chairs mm-hmm. all the way around, and that was a seat you could buy. I was all set. I was going to have season tickets to the Lake mm-hmm. County Fielders at one yeah. of those bar tables, and I was going to be a bum <coughs> all summer. It go. was going to be fantastic. Well, and, and we were thinking about it. We were thinking of like, should we get season tickets? Because we yeah. can't, we can't afford Cubs tickets. No. And we, uh, that was the thing I forgot to mention when I'm talking about, like, favorite baseball games. Um, we, Sharon and I love to go watch the Illini play. When we were down at the sure. University of Illinois, yeah. we would go all the time because it was free for students. Mm-hmm. So we could walk in, and the concessions were cheap, and the tickets were free. And so if we had nothing to do on any given weeknight, we'd just be like, you want to go see a baseball game? They're, they're playing in a half an hour. You want to go? We'd go. And it, it was fun. And so when we found out that the, the Lake County fielders were coming and Kevin Costner was supposed to be a co-owner of it, um, we were like, this will be awesome. It's really close. It's, you know, Schaumburg has a team, but they're a little bit further yeah. away. And King County and, Cougars. All right. Well, if there's anything that we, uh, you know, if, if you love Bull Durham and if there's anything that we talked about that you totally disagree with or, or you want to add something else to it, Please feel free to get in touch with us. Let us know. You can call our voicemail line. You can email us. You can tweet at us. All those different things. Um, if you go to our website, 30podcast.com, you, you can find all those different ways to, to get in touch with us. I will say there is another podcast I've been listening to lately, and they've been retweeting a lot of our stuff, too. And um, they had mentioned that they love both of these movies that we're talking about today. On their podcast, they apparently they did a show a little while back, and it was, uh, what fictional characters would you invite to dinner? Aha! And uh, it's the Retro Cinema Podcast, hmm. and I'm going to make sure I don't want to mess up their names. Um, I think it's Gidget Von LaRue is her name and uh she actually they just did an episode of hopefully Amazon. she will not be offended if if it, it if i accidentally <laughs> think of her as lily von Stuck, well yeah. that's funny <laughs> yeah. yeah um so uh they're actually doing an, an episode um recently on amadeus a two-parter so ah! i'm listening to that one because i'm love, a danish i love that movie um but she said annie was the only when she listed out the people that she would invite to a a fictional character dinner, 
Uh, Annie was the only woman that she had as her uh, fictional character. She also said that one of her top uh, ten favorite songs from movies is the song from Working Girl. Ah. The, uh, let, is it Let the River Run? Yep. Yeah. Well, yeah. Since, since we're connecting this to Working Girl already, Yeah, we'll move on into Working Girl. The, the theme of this, these two movies, for whatever reason, seems to be the annoying character trait of people quoting people. And giving the source of the quote. Mm-hmm. In both movies, it happens a lot. Yeah. Like, Annie is always quoting someone uh-huh. and saying who it's by. And at one point, Crash sort of calls her out on it. He's yeah. like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't care who said it. Big yeah. deal. <laughs> and then it's because I watched them in this order. Yeah. Bull Durham and then Working Girl. Yeah. So then it happened in Working Girl a couple of times, too. And I was like... Oh, that's weird. <laughs> little unintentional theme. And that's well, right. That's not. That wasn't the reason I put the two movies together. No, I hadn't, even, hadn't even seen them at that point. When I just find it so interesting that they both do that, where they quote, and it's, you know, and they do it almost pretentiously. Like at the end of the quote, they just throw out Oscar Wilde. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. come on. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> So let's go in into uh, talking about Working Girl. Um, so again, this is another one that I had not seen this movie before. I had um, not either. You had neither, so this is mm-hmm. the first time you saw it. So uh, we'll, just, we'll run through the, the plot of it real quick. So uh, Tess McGill, she is working in a stockbroker's office as a secretary, and uh, you know, clearly she's you know she's not Ivy League educated like some of the other folks that are in the uh, the stock market business and. Um, so she's getting her, her classes, she's taking her classes at night and, and just trying to kind of get some of that stuff done when she can. And, uh, she ends up, um, uh, getting kind of tricked into going on a quote unquote date with a guy that she thought was going to be her new boss, that he was looking for a, uh, a new secretary. And as it turns out, he was not, um, he might've been looking for a secretary, but not for secretarial work. And, um, uh, played by Kevin Spacey in that scene, and as Pat put it before we started recording, it was uh, allegedly Kevin Spacey playing Kevin Spacey, um, doing a little bit of uh, harassing sexually. Um, just a little bit. Just a little bit. And I did. I did think that one part was funny, where where he's like, uh, "Well, let me just put on this video that uh, that uh, corporate uh, wants us to show everybody, and uh, see what you think about it." Oh, that's the wrong video. Unless you uh, like that kind of thing. No, okay. Um, but uh, I, you know, for the what four minutes he was in the movie, you know, yeah, that was a funny scene. Now, granted, given the climate of everything that's happening with like the Me Too movement and things like that, when I say it's a funny scene, it it also, especially right now, is kind of a oh yeah yeah. So that still happens. Um, yeah. So, uh, but still, you know, regardless of. Regardless of what has come out about Kevin Spacey and, and all this other stuff, there are still times where I go back to his movies and, and whatever he's in, he's always entertaining. He's always a good actor in it. Um, you know, however he is as a person, I don't know him personally, and not going to get into all that, but, you know, it just, I, I enjoy it when I see his name pop up in a movie. I know it's going to be a part that I'm going to enjoy seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah. just to jump off on that real quick, but, like, um, a lot of little parts 
with amazing actors. Oliver Platt. Oh yeah, is in it for the first five minutes. Well, because because Sharon was telling me when we I put this on, it was last night. When I watched this and and uh, and she said, you know, I, I I'm convinced I probably would have seen this because she had a great aunt who who must have had like every Harrison Ford movie ever. Ah, well then you um, have. Then this is a Har- and so she. The fact figured, that I hadn't seen it sort of surprised me, but it yeah. was. I really thought going into it, I was gonna see something. I was like, oh, yeah. I have seen this. No, no. Didn't yeah. see any of it Everybody coming. It. Nothing. And and she felt like she had seen bits and pieces of this, but she couldn't True. remember a lot of it. And maybe it was but a yeah, little racy for them to show her as a well, probably. young, impressionable young girl. Probably. Um, that never stopped anybody with me, but... Well, um, you know, us boys are different. A little different. <laughs> um, yeah, no, but when, when the names were popping up at the beginning of this movie in the opening credits, she's like, oh, Oliver Platt. Wait. Oliver Platt, Kevin Spacey, and Kevin Spacey's kind of far down on the list, isn't he? I was like, well, I think this is young Kevin Spacey. So yeah. Young Oliver he's, Platt. He's young Oliver Small Platt, too. Oliver yeah, a little, little thinner Oliver Platt. <laughs> who are we to speak? Well, but, no, know. but I mean, you know. Right, yeah. Uh, pre, uh, pre Three Musketeers Oliver Platt. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and West Wing. Oliver yeah. Platt. Yeah. He was great in Three Musketeers. I love that Yeah, movie. he was. I can't wait till we get to that one. Is that 93? It's 93. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be a while. Um but yeah, a lot of big name people. Uh, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, well, his, and that role's was the, not, his role's a little bigger than those, but not yeah. huge. I mean, not, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it, and that in particular, Sharon was like, okay, Alec Baldwin, Harrison Ford, my great aunt had to have owned this movie because those are like the actors that she bought all sure. the movies for. And I, well, yeah, and this was uh, young Alec Baldwin, too. Oh, I mean, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Red October Alec Baldwin, right. not uh, right. 30 Rock Alec Baldwin. Right. right. <laughs> so, uh, so Tess, uh, she kind of gets tricked into meeting up with this guy at his, in his limo, and it uh, doesn't go well, so she ends up kind of getting fired from the position that she's in because she does go back and put a, a bit of a nasty message up on the stock ticker uh, for her boss, who kind of tricked her into this whole situation. Uh, ends up going to work instead for Catherine Parker, who is a bit of... A uh, bit of a change of scenery for her. Seems to be like somebody that she can work with, and and is all about you know empowering other women, and and you know it seems like it's going to be a great working environment. And you get the idea that Tess too is kind of working on her own stuff, like trying to come up with her own ideas, and and she wants to move up in the world, so she's actually got a head on her shoulders, and you know she's she's a smart cookie when it comes to uh, thinking through some ideas for mergers and and how to improve company stocks and and so she comes up with this idea and presents it to Catherine well then Catherine goes off and she breaks her leg in a ski trip and uh, she's going to be stuck there for at least I think they said like three weeks and so she is Tess is kind of cleaning up her house and and getting everything straightened up and notices on her home computer that there's a, a memo on the computer that makes it seem as if Catherine is stealing Tess's idea and wanting to use it for herself now Later on in the movie, after she's gone through all this stuff of, of, you know, trying to steal her boss's identity and, and become the boss uh, while her boss is, is out of town and out of commission, you do kind of find out later that Catherine does say, well, you know, I had that on there, I had it written up, and I realized that, you know, it could have looked like uh, that I was, you know, trying to steal your idea, but I just, I want to write it up before I ran it past you one last time, and, and, you know, we kind of worked on it together. So, this is one thing I want to ask you about. Do you think she was being sincere? When she said, I did. When she said, I, I was just writing it up, but if you looked at it the wrong way, you could think. I did for a hot second. Okay. 
And then when she sort of confronted Harrison Ford's character, mm-hmm. she sort of tried to feel him out. And was you looking something for a colleague? Are you worried about things getting stolen? And right. he said he wasn't. Right. So I think she from the jump was conniving from the beginning okay. and she was feeling her out. Because at first 100%. I thought at first I thought she was being genuine about that. Yeah. And and that was the point at which when she's like, Yeah, would you have been concerned about an ethics violation? And and when he contradicted everything Sigourney Weaver's character said, mm-hmm. then I was like, Oh, okay. Cause otherwise I thought she was being sincere and then the rest of it at the end of the movie was just revenge for finding out that No, I think know, she was Melanie, Melanie Griffith had stolen her boyfriend. Well, and I, what put her over the edge was the stealing of the boyfriend. Right. But I think she was, yeah. Yeah. Um, so then finally you, you get to the end of the movie and they are making their uh, making the big deal for the the one guy to buy the radio network. And um, I, I did like that, that whole ending part where, well, she storms into the boardroom and, and they kind of have this whole confrontation. and But then they end up going back to the office where they work and... Uh, Tess has been cleaning out her desk, and they have the kind of confrontation at the elevators. And uh, you know, thought that was funny when when he uh, the the guy um, what's his name Trask, Orin Trask, uh, when he steps out of the elevator at the last minute and then goes up to ride the other 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 elevator with them. Which and, must have been uh, an express because they got their first. they got their faster. Well, there were more people in the other one, so maybe they had to oh, stop at other floors. Enough. And okay. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so then all. Works out in the end to where she ends up going somewhere else and getting her own office with with her own uh, secretary and you know just kind of a very happy ending for everybody and she and Harrison Ford are, are living together now and everybody's all good and she lets We're the river fun. run and she lets the river run. So, um, a couple things I thought about this one while I was watching it is it felt very much like a. Uh, I want to be careful not to say. Um, a copy, but it, it felt a little bit like... Well, no, actually, it wouldn't be a copy because this came first. Um, it felt like a copy of Pretty Woman mm, to mm-hmm. me. But, I mean, I think it's just that style of movie. It is. And, and the, Pretty, Woman, yeah. Pretty Woman came after. I mean, Pretty Woman was 90? 89, 90? Something like Somewhere around there. Um, you know, it was 90 because uh, I remember the, I think that when I bought the DVD, it was the 20th anniversary edition in 2010. <laughs> there you so, go. Um, but yeah, so, but I mean, I saw Pretty Woman first, so I, I think of that one first. But it kind of a similar type of story to it, is you've mm-hmm. got somebody who's trying to improve their position in life. and um, Although I guess from the beginning of this, you know, in, in Pretty Woman, she's not necessarily trying to improve her position. She's, right. just, she's just trying to make some money and mm-hmm. do her thing. Whereas from the get-go, Tess is trying to improve her position and, mm-hmm. you know, she wants to move up and she's hungry to move up and she'll do whatever she, you know, within the bounds of, you know, propriety. not selling herself out and propriety and, and all that. She'll do what she needs to do to, to move up. But, um, but yeah, I thought, I thought that it was a funny movie. It, had, it definitely had a lot of funny parts to it. Again, another very quotable one. Um, you know, I, some of the lines like, you want a different answer, go ask a different girl. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've heard some of those lines in other places, too. Like, somebody's yeah. quoted it somewhere. Oh, yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, the one thing, though, Melanie Griffith, I don't know that I've seen a lot of movies she's been in. And I don't know that I 
care for her as the lead actress. Yeah, her voice doesn't do it for me for yeah. sure. Her her like quiet nervousness is not quite on the same level for me as Woody Allen. Hmm. Like that's the reason I don't like Woody Allen is his whole like sure. nerdy quirky nervousness. I just don't it just it just grates on me. I just don't I don't like it. It's not it's not a style that I enjoy. And she was kind of, it was close to that. Mm-hmm. But it was just a very quiet, like, soft-spoken nervousness to it. And it just, at different times in the movie, I just, I wanted to be like, oh, my God, just stop. Please stop. Don't talk. And that would be good. <laughs> that would be a good time. Um, yeah, I mean, I am, right now, I am scrolling through her IMDb page, and I have seen very I, little I can't that think she of too many in. others. Now, one thing... Um, one thing that we didn't talk about, but it will be in the in the background info that I include before we start talking here, um, was that she did get fined uh, on this movie because she was going through a lot of drug and alcohol stuff. And I guess she did not show up at all. Like she would show up drunk or high to some of the, the filming days, but the, I guess there was one in particular day where she just didn't even show up at all. And they had to fine her like $75,000 because they had to shut down production for a bit. Mm-hmm. And after this, I think like two or three weeks after this, um, she entered rehab and went through rehab. So I don't know if that maybe had a, a bit of an influence on what movies she was in. But I know she was in some others like Bonfire of the Vanities mm-hmm. and some of those other movies. And, but I just, and I know when I, when I hear the name Melanie Griffith, I think of 80s, oh, yeah. 80s movie actress. But it's just not, Yeah, it's not like a... It's not like a Julia Roberts. It's not mm-hmm. like a Susan Sarandon or a, you know, Sigourney Weaver or you know any of those other people that are kind of the bigger name, '80s movie actresses. It just I don't think I've seen a whole lot that she's been in, and I don't know that I would seek it out. I thought she was fine in this movie, but I I don't know just yeah. the That'd just her character, some of the personal quirks of mm-hmm. her character. Um, now we want to talk personal quirks for characters that I do enjoy would be Joan Cusack. Yeah. She is hilarious. She was awesome. I will go look $6, for any movie. $6,000. It's not even leather. Yes. <laughs> Coffee, tea, me. <laughs> um, yeah. It's any, and we commented on that when the movie was on. We're like, you know what? I, any movie she's in, she's hilarious. She is. We, you know, in, uh, 16 Candles, she's hilarious. Yes. In uh, she's a new style American girlfriend, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know. In uh, uh, Runaway Bride is actually one of our Sharon and I one of our favorite movies, mm-hmm. and she's the best friend in that one, and um, uh, just hilarious in that movie. School of Rock when she's the principal. What do you need speech class for? You talk <laughs> fine. <Yeah. laughs> Well, and I, I actually tweeted out a picture of her and her makeup at one point, and I think I said in the tweet, David Bowie would have been proud mm. of her makeup and hair in this yes. movie. There was a moment in the movie, and, and Sharon's not as much of a, a David Bowie fan as I am, but there was a moment in the movie. Very few people are as much of a David well, Bowie fan as you are. You take it to a new level. But she, uh, Sharon Nothing commented. wrong with that. Oh, no. no, no. Um, Sharon commented, she's like, she looks exactly like Ziggy Stardust right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, you're right. It, we put them side by side. It would. Uh, the, the the big hair was kind of its own character in this movie. Yeah. How about it? Hair. We talked about we talked about music being its own character in Amadeus, and the big '80s hair was. I mean that that was one of the first things we said when this in movie full started up. Bloom. Like, whoa. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's some 80s hair. That's, that's some hair. Uh, no man. doubt. All right, so before we wrap I mean, up, here's... even that one scene, like, they was all about her oh, getting her hair cut. Uh-huh. Um, so here's going to my, my, my one other question before we wrap up. Um, Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. Action star? Drama, romantic, comedy star? Do you, are, you, are, you, are you okay with Harrison Ford in this type of role? Or is it yeah. too, or is it too um, different? I think it's good. I think he... Do you think he's good at it? Because I think this was his first. It was. This was his first kind of romantic comedy kind of yeah. kind of role. Definitely better as an action star, I mm-hmm. think. Um, I can't even really think of him in many other roles. I know they're. I know they exist. Mm-hmm. I just don't know them. Um, so it's kind of interesting to see him doing this. Yeah. I think it might have been better as somebody else. Not better, stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he and Melanie Griffith played off each other pretty well, mm-hmm. though. Yeah. Um, it's... As much as I think they spent a lot of time developing the characters individually, they, there's... I wanted to see a little more of the relationship between... Um, uh, Harrison Ford and Sigourney, Sigourney Weaver. Weaver. Yeah. Like, I got from context that she obviously ran the relationship and he was a little mm-hmm. kind of took second seat to her. Mm-hmm. I just would like to have seen a little he's more of as, it. He's not as interested in marching. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. With her. It was, I don't know. I wanted a little more of that relationship, but I don't know how to get it either mm-hmm. without yeah. spoiling some of the other surprises. Right. So, okay. you know, yeah. what I want, yeah. I don't think I can have. Yeah. Um, maybe just a couple of more phone calls would have yeah, done it or something. Yeah, you know. Well, because I kind of, and again, never having seen this movie, I kind of, when she had made some comment at the beginning of like, "Oh, I'm going away, and I've got this this boyfriend, and he's gonna, you know, I think he's gonna pop the question. He said he's got something important to tell me, and I, and kind of as the movie went on, I I started to kind of get the idea. I'm like, oh, you know what? I bet. Oh yeah, it had to be. I, I, I bet yeah. that's that. And then when, when that she got the, got the phone call, oh, yeah. I was like, okay. All right, mm-hmm. I see what's going on here, um, but yeah, I did think Harrison Ford. I mean, he had some moments where I thought he was hilarious. Oh yeah, in this. and his facial expressions, mm-hmm, facial expressions, and the one part in particular that I, I laughed out loud at was when he has when she's when she's uh, had the Valium and the tequilas, mm-hmm. and he brings her back and he puts her in the chair and he's like he's like do you want a nightcap and he's like no that's a bad idea. Um, He's like, would you? Too late you for some, coffee. He's like, too late for coffee. You want some herbal tea? Herb herbal tea. tea. I don't have any herbal tea. <laughs> have me. But but herb tea, But it always sounds good when I'm in your state. <laughs> and I just the way he said that. I'm not I'm not doing it justice. But the way he said that, it was like that's really funny. Yeah. Like, oh, would you like some? I don't have it. I don't have any. <laughs> and that that phys- his physical comedy is good too. Mm-hmm. Like that whole bit with him carrying her up the stairs and giving mm-hmm. her in the chair is pretty funny. Yeah. So as much or when as he's, I, when you he's know, changing his shirt in the office and like all the women are like looking through the window and yeah, they're like, that was awesome. like <laughs> totally oblivious. Uh-huh. Like, hey, well, on. and I like that in all of well, I don't say all, but in the other movies I've seen him in, he's he's either the he's the man's man, he's the action star, he's he's got the swagger of the Han Solo and the Indiana Jones and the. But what's interesting? But in he, this movie, he's not right the top dog. He is. Mm-hmm. He, he's he. You know, I, I'm not afraid to admit I've had a bit of a slump, and he, you know, he, that was more Richard Nixon than yeah, it was. Harrison Ford. But I wasn't going for a Harrison Ford. Mm. 
Um, uh, the interesting thing, you, you just said something that clicked to memory now, while not the epitome of Indiana Jones movies, but remember his way with women in The Last Crusade? Mm-hmm. A little naive around strong women, which is the same type of character he plays mm-hmm. here, at least around the strong women. He's surprised by them more often. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. You know, warming up to him as a comedic actor, <laughs> as we have this conversation. Because mm-hmm. he was funny. Yeah. Mean, <laughs> and you know what? I don't know that I've seen too many other comedic roles that he's been in. Well, like four, usually, what was usually the, when I, wow, that was drama. The four, the plane crash one. Yeah, uh, Air drama. Force One. Well, no, that's all oh, no. action. You know, um, uh, it'll, it'll come to me. Mm-hmm. Crash is on a island. That with doesn't narrow it down. Oh, seven, six days, seven nights. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. thank you. With Anne Hesh. Yep. See, I knew we'd get um, there. Mm-hmm. Well, you say plane crash, and that doesn't. Yeah, no, it, it really doesn't. doesn't that could have been last week on the golf course. I said it. I'm like. Not even like. There's the word plane crash uh, yesterday. Yeah. The the man needs to maybe stop flying. Yeah, well. Because, yeah. I mean, it, especially if he wants to be in another Indiana Jones movie, I, I think he needs to. I mean, he definitely has when, a type. When, when you've, just looking when you've at, crashed a few times, though. Yeah, I'm looking at IMDb here, you know, Ender's Game, Cowboys mm-hmm, and Aliens, mm-hmm. Indiana Jones. But, you know, he was in K19, The Widowmaker. That's mm-hmm. right, he was the captain. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. What lies beneath? Yeah, yeah, but not I mean, a lot when of I, comedy built in here. But when I at think all. of him and I think of my favorite roles of his, it's going to be Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Han Solo, and, and with Han Patriot Solo and with Games yeah, and Indiana Jones with Han Solo and, and with Indiana Jones, there's always some comedic stuff in there, right? But I don't. But it's not driving it, right? It's the, that's not the that's not the primary. Mm-hmm. role that he's taken on um, now I know that there have been some other ones that he's done where he's more of a where it's more of a dramatic or a comedic thing well like Witness um, like wasn't he let's see wasn't it uh, Presumed oh, Innocent Sabrina regarding was another Henry. one regarding yeah Sabrina regarding Henry uh, the Six Days Seven Nights oh that was still a little bit of an action one mm-hmm. um, the uh, Random Hearts Random Hearts yeah uh, Mosquito Coast. I mean, but that wasn't yeah. comedy, but that was. Um, but yeah, so I, I just don't. I mean, he was an anchorman to too. The legend continues. That's true. But that's true. Yeah, he's had a very interesting career. Like, the more you look at his IMDb page, he actually did kind of play a lot of mm-hmm. similar roles. Yeah. You don't think about it that way, but. Right. All right. Well, is there anything else we want to say about uh, about Working Girl? Good movie. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, I, I... and was kind of surprised. I mean, I, this was kind of one of those where, and and I think Pat too. Sometimes we go into like the romantic comedy stuff, and Pat's just like, not my kind of movie. Right. Not saying it's bad, but not my kind of movie. Right. And I kind of was going into Working Girl feeling almost the same way. I was like, yeah, I don't know that I'm totally in the mood to watch this movie tonight, but. Podcast is tomorrow, so I, I, yeah, got, exactly. I gotta I gotta watch this movie, um, but ended up enjoying it. Actually, you know, Sharon and I both ended up enjoying mm-hmm. the movie. Oh, I did so, too. Yeah. Now I, I don't know that I'll go back and watch it again. Right. But now we have one thing we haven't talked about lately because I don't think it's been relevant to the movies we've been talking about. But because this movie has been done again several times, most recently in my head anyway was The Devil Wears Prada. 
Very similar story. I haven't seen it, but yeah. And she doesn't go so far as to impersonate her boss like she did here, but similar story nonetheless. Does this movie, as much as we all enjoyed it, we were watching it through a particular lens, does this movie actually hold up? Because it's a classic story that gets retold often, Mm -hmm. does it hold up 30 years later? And that's what I'm not sure about. I almost, I mean, I think minus the 80s hair, sure. Uh, And even that might be making a comeback. Um, I think it does. I think given especially a lot of the stuff, like... In society that's happened lately well, I, with... I was say it is an interesting time for right. for female empowerment and, right. and things of Because the one thing I was thinking about was the, the movie most similar to this that we've watched recently and done for the podcast was Secret of My Success. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking, okay, well, you know, does which of these two movies, if you, I guess if you were to pit them against each other, uh-huh. which one maybe holds up better? And mm. I almost think Working Girl does. Yeah. Or if you okay. were, if you were in gonna, that context, yeah. If you were going to remake one today, would you be more likely to have somebody do a remake of The Secret of My Success or Working Girl? And I kind of feel like maybe Working Girl. Yeah. Now, the, some of the issues would be would be different because I mean we probably not as much as we think, but we've made some progress. Well, it's probably harder to the Working Girl impersonate but your boss now. That, <laughs> That too, and now that we have you know cell phones and Skype and, and all kinds of other e- stuff, email, right? Yeah, instantaneous video communication—you can't really lie yeah. about who you are and that kind of stuff. But yeah, um, and you know Facebook, you know all that. Um, since people telecommute all the time anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, to me, it seems like when I was watching it last night, when we were watching it last night, I don't, I don't think I felt like this was a movie that was totally out of place today. Like some of the, you know, obviously, obviously the locations, of the movie a little outdated because they don't exist anymore. But um, you know, the hair, the fashions, the, that kind I of stuff. I believe one of the building, one of the locations was one of the World Trade Center. It, well, yeah, it was. Think, yeah, not mm-hmm. so much so it was there anymore. Building one, I think they filmed. Was it one? I, I in, remember I reading yeah. something about using one of the buildings. I didn't remember which one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so much um, so there anymore. No, no, no. So, but I mean, other than that, other than the fashions, the the hair, the you know that kind of stuff, um, which in a lot of times in some of these movies that's not going to translate well, right? After over time, anyway, people are always going to look at that and be like, oh wow, that's what mm-hmm. people did their hair like or or dressed like or whatever. Um, but no, I, I mean, I think the story is one that still holds up and one that's still applicable today. So if they wanted to do a remake of it or make a similar movie. I think that's why when you said we've had several movies like this mm-hmm. over the years, I think that's probably why is that this is a, the story of this being a struggle mm-hmm. is still something that is a struggle and so still applicable. So I, I see this one as holding up except for hairstyles and maybe the makeup, but details. Yeah. In the meantime, you can find us at three zero podcast.com. Uh, we've got all of our other stuff is on iTunes and Google Play and all those places that you can find the rest of our episodes if you want to listen. Um, I'm going to give a quick shout-out to the Letterboxd app. Have you used that one at all for, for checking out movies? And um, Stumbled upon it a little while ago. I don't remember how. And I got the app, and I, I log into the website every once in a while, too, and it's Letterboxd, L-E-T-T-E-R-B-O-X-D. Um, 
and I, you know, I kind of use that. There, a lot of people put up reviews on there, and one thing I really like is the email newsletters they send out once a week. Some really good stuff, like really fun articles and, and like really well-written stuff, and just some of the lists that people create. You know, you can go on IMDb and people create yeah. lists of whatever they sure. want. Same kind of idea, but just some of the lists on here I feel like are of a higher quality than the stuff I'd find or have to sift through on IMDb. Like if I'm, you know, and some of the stuff is just is just fun random stuff, um, you know, that I probably didn't even know I was looking for. Um, you know, it could be a list of like strong female uh, lead actors that are also redheads. And it'd be a list of movies where the female lead actor is a redhead. Or something like, you know, Japanese movies that, uh, Japanese movies that are not animated that you need to watch that were made between 1980 and 1999. Or, I don't know, something like that. That's um, fun. So, I mean, I, I like the list that a lot of people have come up with. But uh, I actually made a list the other day, and I think I shared that out on Twitter uh, earlier I today. I did see that, yeah. And uh, it, is a, it is a list of all the movies we've done so far. And it's just kind of a fun way to look at the movies and see them visually. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've been using that app to kind of go through and, and rate some movies on there and, and do a couple little little write-ups here and there and make some fun lists and all that. So so I'm going to give a quick shout-out to Letterboxd because it's a fun app. Right um, I think there is some premium options available if, if people want to go that route, but I got the free one, and I'm happy with that. So Premium. Premium. Yes. Um, so later this month, uh, again, you can find all of our stuff at 30podcast.com, but we're you can email us, call us, Facebook, Twitter, all those other fun places. And, and wherever you find your podcast, most likely we will be there, but primarily iTunes is probably one of the best places to find us, but we are on Google Play and, and some of those others. Later this month, we've got coming up the week that it sounds like a whole bunch of people want to avoid because they don't want to broaden their horizons. <laughs> I'm just being snarky. Ah. Uh, the Unbearable Lightness of Being and Wings of Desire. To which... I know nothing about either people, of those movies. I think a couple people replied and they're like, oh, I'm going to be sick that week. So, wow. that, that's fine. That's cool. Not going to name any names. <coughs> Jeff. <laughs> oh, wait, I did that wrong. Aren't you, you're supposed to say the name while you call Unbearable Lightness of Being, Daniel Day-Lewis. Huh? What'd you find? Oh, I, oh yeah, I know yeah, nothing the, yeah. about these two movies. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. Which, and, and they say, I don't want to go into too much of it now because we'll get to it, but, um, you know, the Wings of Desire one kind of sounds interesting to me, at least the premise of the movie, like angels falling in love with humans um, and whatnot. Did that slip through the cracks last year somehow? Why? Oh, according to IMDb, it's an 87. It might have been, you know, sometimes I will pull it up for its U.S. release. Ah, got it. That so makes it might sense. Have, it might have been that it got released in, I think it's a German movie? It is. Yeah. That yeah, makes yeah. a lot more sense. So I think, I it, like, I think um, it came out in 87 Germany and then it was 88 for, for the U.S. Really? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, those will be our other ones coming up later this month. Beautiful. And then we're going to try to get a Black Panther episode in there if we can, if everybody goes to see it at some point. I am hoping, and I have not confirmed any of what I am about to say. Okay. I am hoping to see it Sunday evening. Okay. If you haven't seen it by the end of this weekend... Mm -hmm. Give you a call? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. I could go... If I'd, anybody wants to come with us. Right. So, if any of you are done after work any night next week, let us know if yeah. you want to come see Black Panther with us. Um... We're in the Vernon Hills, Illinois area, yeah. so feel free to stop by and we'll go see Black Panther with you. We're not paying for your popcorn. Nope. Or your ticket. Nope. But if you want to go Especially see the movie. not around here. No. Mm -mm. Unless we go Tuesday. 
Uh, that's true. That's Cheat true. day. That is true. And I'm hoping um, to have seen it by this weekend. But if not, oh, yeah. let yeah. me know. Okay. All right. So, so that's going to do it for that's going to do it for our show this time. Thank you for listening, and uh, we, you know, we we hope that you enjoyed our show, and we want to have you jump on and give us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Um, just make it a good review. Yeah, keep the don't like yeah. to yourself. Yeah, I, I don't know. Do we want to skew the people that way? Or? I don't. Know. I don't care. Talking, do whatever. You I want say to do. things. I, you know, you say things, and nobody listens. And exactly. Yeah. I mean, what, what's our <laughs> listener count these days? Uh, five, ten. In Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Five or ten in Russia. We got at least you know twenty. Maybe they're using us as the, part of the, the Sparrow States. training program. Maybe they are. You know? Maybe we are. We're part of. We're colluding. We're colluding. No, we're not. <laughs> That's Robert Mueller's on the phone right now. Oh, is he? Okay. He wants to know how we're doing. <laughs> tell him. Tell him I said hi. I will. And uh, uh, oh, real quick, the one thing we missed: David Duchovny was yeah, in this movie. he was in the background uh-huh. of the party scene. In fact, I and, I and I knew that, and I included it in the in the background mm-hmm. notes when I uh, did this. But um, I was like, I almost kind of forgot about it, and I was like, wait a minute, isn't he in this movie? Mm-hmm. And then, like for a second, I see his face flash, like right when they're, I think, is when they're trying to convince, um, what's his name? What's Alec Baldwin's character's name? Uh, was it Mickey? Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, when they're trying to convince him to propose to yeah. Tess, and like in the corner of the left-hand side of the screen, you see there, David Duke. A little bit longer hair, David Duke. Mm-hmm. kind of turn around for a second. And, um, so, uh, so David, if you're listening, if you're not mowing your lawn right now because it's middle of winter, and, and you're listening, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for the X Files. You're you're awesome, and uh, the truth is out there. All right. Well, thank you, Bo. Thank you, John. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Pat. Thanks, Dennis. Cubs rule. Go Cubs go. Thanks, Jeff. Happy birthday, Jeff. Happy birthday, Jeff. It was Jeff's birthday yesterday, so Jeff Jeff is officially an old man now. Yes, he is. Um, I did tell him that, I, maybe you saw that, I put it up on Facebook, I said that, um, you know, 40 is the highest that was ever counted on Sesame Street, and so basically it's, it's there's, there's all nothing, downhill there's from there. nothing past 40, so, yeah. you know, enjoy it while you can. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Go watch some good movies. Be excellent to each other, and we will see you all back here next time. Relax. All right, don't try to strike everybody out. Strikeouts are boring. Besides that, they're fascist. Throw some ground balls. It's more democratic.